Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream on a spectacular Saturday. It is Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming to life from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, Brady, here we are. The final Saturday of the regular season in college football. It is decision day for playoffs. It's decision day on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. It is a big decision day around the scene in college football. So you're telling me today is the day that's going to determine your vote for the Heisman Trophy? Is that what you're saying? I thought that was pretty much a foregone conclusion unless somebody all of a sudden just drops off the face of the earth. By the name of Baker Mayfield. All right, now again, I mean, what could he do? I, throw six I, interceptions at, a day? Well, hold on, hold on. He's a just second not here. in the contention anymore. I uh, <laughs> in our Heisman update today, I will actually not do a one, two, three. You can't. It's I illegal. can't. You I lose can't. your vote. Now look at this. I want to show you. This is uh, my email here, and again, this is great radio when I'm showing you something. Basically, this, it's an email, ladies and gentlemen, uh, black and elected. white, but there are some red letters, now which look means at, that look, is of utmost importance. Now, look at my password to get into the vote. Look Holy at, smokes. Now, they do not want anybody to crack it. As I, as I said, there is. Uh, it's probably easier to get into the nuclear weapons code than it is <laughs> that, Fort for me to oh actually vote for the Heisman <laughs> Trophy. I mean, look at that. I don't, By there golly. are symbols in there. I don't even know if I understand what they are. You know what this tells me, Steve? Yeah. There, this tells me that, that there have been years yes. where the vote has been corrupted 
Oh, if not, I, no they doubt. would not be making these kind of security measures to ensure the utmost integrity. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> the Russians are somehow going to get involved in this? I, it's a, it's a crack it, into that it, one? It, it was sent to North me on Korea. Monday. Two parts. There's two parts to this. I mean, there's <laughs> layers that you have to go through. But you love it. To get to, I do. I yes. do, and it's it's all part of the glorious sport of college football. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the Heisman is one thing. And, yes, make, Baker Mayfield certainly comes into this weekend as the favorite. Uh, right now, Oklahoma taking on TCU in the Big 12 championship game. And Oklahoma has just scored on a fumble recovery, Ooh. extending their lead to 9 nothing, pending the extra points. So very early on in the first quarter, Oklahoma uh, taking control of this Big 12 championship game. Here we go with the extra point. It is good. So it's 10 nothing Oklahoma, 10-21 to go. Uh, in the first quarter. You know, Brady, I want to start with last night. The oh, yeah. Pac-12 championship game wow, was a terrific football game, game yeah. as uh, USC held on to beat Stanford 31-28. to uh, By the way, I you know, there if you're watching, impressive. So here's Stanford knocking on the door to take the lead. It's 24-21 USC, and Stanford has gotten the ball back as he got a really bad personal foul penalty that – Sort of gave Stanford new life on the drive. So they're knocking. They're at the one-yard line. And they got back to pack, third yeah. down, fourth. And and you know Stanford. They're power football. That is their game. You're also forgetting one thing, that personal foul by the linebacker, I believe, yes. for USC. that gave him like a whole new set of downs. That's what I'm like saying first, is. I think they had three tries even before that. Right. So they got a new set like of seven, downs. They had like seven tries to get in within like five yards. So you get down to the one-yard line, third and goal, and they stone him. And David Shaw makes the right move. I mean, this is your game. Power football, right? That is what Stanford is known for. Well, they, also like- have, they also have a name for it. It's like the Stanford One Yard, where they pretty much believe within their culture right. that if we're third and, short, third and one or shorter, or yes. fourth and one or shorter, no matter where on the field it is, we believe we're going to get that. And it's a drill that they do in practice. I, I, I remember interviewing Shaw back in the day when I covered a couple of his games, and it's a drill that they practice. You could see it. Because the TV cut to him when he was trying to decipher, should we kick the field goal for the tie? He knew he couldn't break the code. The code is, we go for it. Boom. And how could you look at your players after practicing that drill right. day in, day out, week in and week out, and all of a sudden a championship game, one yard to go to score, to be up, be up on your opponent and not do it? He just couldn't do it. But the right coaching move literally was to kick the field goal. I, it was in culturally though it was it, right for him yes to go for it but the right well he missed one block because that USC guy that yeah. came off the edge to make the tackle well that was a hell of a play so anyway it wasn't a block though that was there was no other blockers they just right. sent more guys There's, well they thought that he wouldn't get there well they well that was one of them but they just sent more guys and there were blockers the best move would have been. A little play action pass. Yeah, the tight end would have been open, right, wide open on a corner route to the uh, to the corner of the end zone because they had so, nobody in coverage. So Essie stones them on yeah. fourth and goal, and then goes ninety nine and a half yards for the uh, basically. But the you're forgetting about the huge play by Darnold. I know. And what if that about doesn't Sam put him Darnold? on your high, if that doesn't put him on your Heisman list. I don't know what will. All right, so what a game. Here's here's Whip. the aftermath of this game. Oh, so you're Sammy watching Darnold. USC finish eleven and two, and let's let's go back. On USC's two losses, yeah. that you know it was, it was unbelievable. I'm reading after the game again the ESPN website and, and the bias. Oh, well, understand this. This is this is the ESPN. I know, I know what you're talking about. But too. this, they yeah. were saying too little, too late for exactly. USC. That was their, the headline. Was too little, too late. Well, let's go back. All right, yeah. let's go back. 
USC had two losses this year. Let's go back to that first loss against Washington State on a Friday night road game where SC had three of their starting offensive linemen out and had three freshmen in the game. That's right. On the it road. Was there. On a Friday night. You were there. And also the previous week they had a, an away game on a Saturday night. Correct. So they had back-to-back road, game, road games. One on a short week after it. Plus right. you're down three linemen. Right. And you're down three linemen, you had three yeah. freshmen. And then even the other loss, the blowout loss to Notre Dame, which was ugly in all accounts. But remember this, SC coming off a tough game against Utah, Notre Dame, bye week going in. Ooh. Now you can blame the Pac-12 for the scheduling of these Friday night games, followed by Saturday night games and everything else. But the bottom line, SC had no buys until after they beat UCLA. Yeah. And so they had a bye week going into the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, and yet, Clemson gets a pass on that ugly loss to Syracuse, Syracuse yeah. because their quarterback, you know, was sort of in and out and all this. Again, ACC carried by ESPN, Pac-12 of Fox property. This is a joke. If you, you don't think do that yeah. USC, with Sam Darnold, that defense, that running game with Ronald Jones and company, right now is not one of the four best teams in the country. You don't know football. Don't, you don't just eliminate you don't yourself football. from the conversation. Exactly. You know what the biggest travesty of this whole mess is going to be? Mm. Whoever ends up winning this college football playoff tournament, right. and everybody's going to look at them as the national champs. Sure, yeah. Even though well, they're well, not the NCAA yeah. national champs. Right. The travesty is, just like back in 04, my, that USC team, everybody's going to have that little shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. They're going to wonder what would have happened. Yes. This eventual champion would have faced USC because I don't know if they would have beat USC in the playoff. I don't know. I feel that way about that USC team of 2004. I don't know if they would have beat Utah, who also went undefeated. I don't know. Well, and do you think last year's USC team, if matched up against last year's know. Clemson team, or how about two years ago, that Stanford. Stanford team? Yeah, I don't with know. Christian McCaffrey at the height of his power. I don't know. We and don't that's know. the problem because there's no undisputed champion. It's right. always disputed. There's always a shadow of a doubt. And to me, it's not a re- just a re- disrespect to the teams that don't get in, but it's a grave disrespect to the teams who end up winning it because they're not undisputed. No, and there's they're that not. shadow of a doubt. Is, again, there has never been a true, well, there's never been an NCAA champion in Division One football ever, period, never. because they've never had it. And we don't NCAA know trophy. if there's really ever been a true champ. By the way, while this is going on right now, this uh, bogus playoff, as far as the ESPN playoff is concerned, you know, on the F. CS oh, level, they got legit. round true of the playoffs. In fact, <laughs> down in San Diego, University of San Diego, where Jim Harbaugh got his yeah. coaching star, Dale Lindsay, the veteran coaches down there at USD. They have a rematch today at North Dakota State Ooh. in the second round. They got blown out. You know, North Dakota State won That's this tough, five though. years in a row. But you got to go up Sick, to North Dakota State. But huh? I mean, you wow. look at it, and it's an NCA championship. Oh, in other yeah, words, it's, legit. it's an NCA, what they call uh, Division One. FCS, this is the highest level of the FCS level, and each level's got their 16-school playoff. Uh, and so, again, what we're watching today, uh, I know that this committee, I'm, I, oh, I tell you what, I, I've got so much to cover here. Uh, by the way, just updating, Oklahoma again, leading TCU 10 nothing, 8.32 to go. But if I was the Pac-12 right now, Brady, I, this oh. is how many times are they going to be left out of this tournament? I mean, they 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 were more than willing to throw Washington in there last year, barely. Yeah, I mean, uh, it really seemed like barely. But two years ago, if I remember right, Stanford, 
out. They had to get in. Oh, man. So in the three years of this existence. Well, there, this there's actually this is the or is this four? fourth year. This is four. Oh, my gosh. You've been covering this for four? You sure? Yes. Okay. Well, you remember Oregon that first year? Oh, okay, that's right. All right. And so they lost the championship them, game. Half yeah. of them, you're telling me that there's Pac-12 not one is, team no, in no. the Pac-12 that's at least one of the top four teams in the country? <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. All right, now, take it. All right, we're going to get into some of the scenarios, including the one that ESPN is praying for. And the reason I keep saying ESPN is ESPN is now running college football. Either you like the way they're running it, if you're an SEC, ACC fan, or if you're a Big 12, Big 10, or Pac-12 fan, you hate what they're doing to this sport. But we're going to talk about their dream scenario and how it's all going to play out coming up next. Hartman and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more and your car insurance means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So our focus right now, as far as the uh, big games of the day, we got Oklahoma leading TCU 10-0 right now, about five minutes to go in the first quarter. Another game going on right now, and a little bit later on, we're going to get more into this uh, whole Heisman situation. Uh, Central Florida trying to complete a perfect season. They're 11-0, taking on 10-1 Memphis right now. Heck of a game. Uh, they're in the first half, and Central Florida leading this one 24-21. If you have not heard of... And I'm going to tell you what, they just, they're just a huge play by Memphis right now. UFC was within, uh, I think, in the red zone, 15 yards. UCF, yes. Yeah, oh, UCF, excuse me. And Memphis picked off a pass. I mean, wow. Huge play. By the way, and I, the game, taking points it's, off the it's interesting I was going to mention that because... If you have not heard of the Central Florida quarterback, uh, he is a guy that has had a phenomenal season. This is the kid Milton, Mackenzie Milton. He's a uh, kid from Hawaii. He's a sophomore. He's had this unbelievable year. In fact, in this game, he had had a near-perfect game. He was 14 of 16, 268 yards and three touchdowns until that interception. So Mackenzie Milton, kid out of Hawaii, a sophomore quarterback. He's completed 69% of his passes, 33 touchdowns. It's only the seventh pick he has thrown. So, you know, one of these other guys that not, doesn't really get any chance of winning a Heisman Trophy because he's in a group of five school. That's funny because the Heisman Trophy doesn't say to the best college football player on a, on a team that is shown nationally every yeah. single week, one of the power five. It doesn't say. It just says best oh, college football player in the country. It really is crazy. Unreal. All right, so let's get back to uh, USC. And I'm watching ESPN, and I'm going to say that a lot because this is, again, the ESPN playoff. And they bring Tim Tebow. On the air. Yeah, yeah. And the last time I checked, Tim Tebow, minor league baseball player, played at Florida in the SEC. That's right. And works as a broadcaster in the SEC network. So he was talking about what a disgrace it would be for an undefeated Wisconsin team, even if they beat Ohio State today, to be in the playoff over one loss, Alabama. <laughs> He's that it would that it would be. He goes, oh Alabama would wipe the floor with Wisconsin, and he goes, Maybe. don't don't tell me that this is. I mean, I, I've never seen Tebow say animated. Don't tell me that this is <laughs> a playoff of the four best teams. That the idea is who are the four best teams? Then Alabama has to be on the list. Well, my argument to him is if you're going to go by that argument, <laughs> then USC should be in the Final Four. Exactly. You can't tell me that Clemson is better than USC. Clemson is not better than USC. 
You Miami can't tell me Oklahoma is, is better than USC. Oklahoma is not better than USC. No. You can't tell me that Auburn is better than USC. Auburn is not better than USC. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, Steve. So that's your argument that Alabama is, is there no because of the, the one of the best four teams. So by the way, when I watched Alabama against Auburn, they didn't look that hot to me. Their offense went nowhere. Auburn dominated that oh, game, yeah. Brady. That was a that was a big win for Auburn. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, it's it's one of those things to where and it's been an old school thought for I don't know how long. Yes, that uh, there was a time where it seemed like that only the people that ever played football played in the southeast. Yes. You know, everybody else isn't playing football. They're playing some other sport out west. What? Oh, they're they're throwing the ball over the field. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, wow, throwing the ball is a good thing. We better do that too. Yeah, and so it's the mentality of the southeast. They think they're the only ones exist. They think that all their football is the best, and nobody's even close in comparison. So when we get to these situations where we find out who's the better team, they all just want to go with what they feel like is their best because they're biased. That's the bottom line. And they've always thought that. They believe that. It's a superiority complex that they have. And I hate to break it to them that unless we play it, you never know. I mean, we can sit there and argue about who wins, who doesn't win. You know, would, would USC or Alabama wipe the floor with Wisconsin? I don't know. Why don't we let him play and find out? That's Can you imagine? Point. I mean, always go back to this comparison. Imagine at the end of the NFL season, they had a committee. Would be, and they no. would say, all right, oh, who are the four best teams? We're going to have a four-team tournament. We'll have a oh. committee decide at the end of the year which are the four best teams to get into the playoff. How many, if Based on that four-team mentality, how many of the last, I don't know, 20 Super Bowl winners oh. would not even have been in the four? Your Packers team would not have been there. But no, that's for the sure. Giants wouldn't have been there nope. in 2007, nor in 2011 when they Neither ended up Neither one of those. There. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens how about, how about the, how, about the, how about the Broncos just two years ago? With no Peyton Manning way, out. And, no yeah. way. No, no they, they would have been, been in considered. the four. Nope, they not, would not even close. Been, not, not even close. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Ravens? No. Yeah, they would I mean, not have been in. You could probably at least say half to 60% of those teams that ended up winning, right. being champions would have never even been given the opportunity, which is just, you know, it's just an injustice. <laughs> it's so unfair. You know, it's funny. It was like, When I first realized that, I remember when I first started playing college football at BYU right. at, at the time as a group five mm-hmm. known program. Uh, now some some conferences like the SEC actually acknowledge BYU that it counts as a P five game, right? But uh, depends on who you talk to. The yeah, is, when it works for them. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it all depends how it works for them. But the point is, is I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about like, man, it'd be cool to have a goal to win like the national championship. And I'm just sort of breaking it down. I, I never, for some reason, before I never thought of it until I started playing. Right. And I was like, it's absolutely almost impossible. Like they will, we we don't get it because everybody else votes on it. It's a big political process. And because it's political, there's already a whole bunch of teams that aren't even in the conversation because mentally, psychology, those that make the decisions on supposedly who are the best teams and who aren't, don't even consider them like even in the conversation. It's like I, I, I and I met, I felt so like cheated. Yes. Like I can't believe I have to play in this because to me, it's like I always want the chance to at least have a possibility of winning the highest possible achievement, which is a championship on the highest level. And and, and the fact that that is not even possible for teams like Central Florida, now Memphis, who's gone up on Central Florida, yes. and all these other schools, is just an injustice beyond measure. And uh, and it's funny. 
I mean, but it even becomes worse, though, when you got teams that are supposedly supposed to be in the conversation, like USC, that are automatically eliminated. Uh, oh, eliminated. They they're were, done. Again, oh, yeah. headline so, last I mean, night on ESPN, too little, too late. Yeah, Brent Murphy, a guy that used to be a big source for ESPN, yeah. now is right. uh, off on his own. I don't know where he's at. But, yeah, he comes out the list already. He's saying, oh, who's, here's the list for the Pac-12 bowl games. I mean, he's already predetermined. You know what? We haven't, mm. The committee hasn't decided yet, but... This is how it's going to be. I mean, what kind of world is this? <laughs> oh, by the way, to show you how this is manipulated and how bogus this college football playoff rankings is. So this week, the college football playoff rankings come out. And again, when they when they announced they were going to do this four years ago, they never said there was going to be any rankings. All they said was the original idea was at the end of the year, they're going to take everything into account yeah. and they're going to pick four teams. The idea of suddenly putting out rankings... It's a, but but it look at a, this. It was a marking machine to do so that. So if you look at this week's college football playoff rankings, right? So you got Clemson 1, Auburn 2, Oklahoma 3, Wisconsin 4, Alabama 5. But go down the bottom of the list. Checking in at number 25 is Fresno State. And who blew out Fresno State early in the year? Alabama. Uh-huh. So now Alabama has one more Top 25 oh, win. <laughs> See how they did this? Oh, so Fresno State So Fresno State won the Mountain West. Uh, wow. They they beat Boise. I didn't even think about that. And they have a rematch today for the Mountain West Championship, okay, between Boise and Fresno. You know, it was really weird cuz they ended up playing two weeks in a row. So you know Boise's not showing all their cards of obviously. Course not. Of course not. You know, Jeff Tedwards, by the way, has done an unbelievable job at Fresno. They were one and eleven last year, <laughs> nine and three this year. That's that's what Huge I call coach turnaround. of the year. Yeah. But the fact was, is that was a non game last week. They got Fresno to nine and three because again, Boise's they're having a rematch today exactly. for the Mountain West Conference Championship. Exactly. But it's amazing how they snuck Fresno into the top twenty five. Just so for this weekend's argument, they could say that Alabama had a nice quality. They win. had a win against a top twenty five team. See how they worked That's this? So dirty, man. It is so dirty. Oh, so the, wow. this committee, which is completely bogus. But the worst part is, is people actually believe this stuff. Steve. I know they do. You know that they actually think this is all legit. They're like, I mean, and I guess it's in some respect, like even the school I went to, BYU, like you're, you're, you know, what do they call it? your media guy? We'll say, hey, this is how many years we were ranked in the top 25, blah, blah, blah. You know, so everybody just believes that just because you're on this list of rankings by whatever ranking, you know, publication there is, whether it's AP, college right. football, ESPN, it's like, oh, that's a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, technically it's like somebody gave that to you. It's like <laughs> you didn't play for it. You know, just people are voting on it and some happen to get it, some happen not to, especially if you're on, you're on the fringe. And unfortunately, we all, we all literally were, were influenced into thinking that it was some kind of great accomplishment when it's just, it literally is somebody's opinion, which never determines a true champion, ever. And then when you get to the USC situation... Right? Yeah. The two teams they lost to after they lost their final games, Notre Dame was dropped seven slots and Washington State was dropped five slots. So further diminishing their resume, their, their resume because you lost to inferior teams. Oh, See how the, the whole thing yeah, is completely yeah. manipulated. Oh, yeah. So, you but can, you but can, who's watching? I am. You can spin it however you want to right. shoot out. So it's like the BCS. We have these computers, but still, we're going to take in the A people. Which tr- it was also voted on. I mean, get out of here. So let me ask you, why is Penn State ranked ahead of USC? Doesn't Penn State, they have two losses, one, right? They, one, they lost two, to uh, Ohio State Ohio and Michigan State. State. Where, and where's Michigan State. Their, their only hmm. win against a ranked opponent was against Michigan. I mean, hmm. why, is, why is Penn State ranked ahead of USC? 
because they were going to do whatever it did to keep USC now. So, again, the frustration levels are well, over USC's the top. USC is a big wig, and it's a big brand. You I don't know want, why they would Why would you not want that? a USC in that playoff? I would not mess, yeah, I would mess around. I'd try to find any way justifiable to put them in there and Alabama if it was all about money. All right, we're going to get a little bit more into this later on about the whole dynamic if Ohio State wins against Wisconsin today versus one loss Alabama. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But first, let's uh, check in with Isaac Lohenkron right now, USC guy. Are you upset that the Trojans too little, too late, Isaac? I am ambivalent, ambivalent. about everything. Don't be on the fence, at man. At this point. Show oh, okay. your allegiance. What does ambivalent mean? I need a definition. On the fence. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about ready to Google that, but you saved me the uh, time there. What do you mean? You know what's not on the fence? The dominance of the Oklahoma Sooners right now in the Big 12 championship game. They've just completed the first quarter. Number three, Oklahoma, and 11th-ranked TCU. The Sooners scored first on a 41-yard field goal by Austin Seibert, and then just 14 seconds later, disaster struck for the Horned Frogs. TCU's first snap of the Big 12 championship. Sooners showing blitz. Hill's got it. Handoff Hicks running left. He is cut off and swarmed under. The backfield ball's loose, and it's picked up. It's scoop. Caleb Kelly's got it, and it's a Toby Rowland the call on K-O-M-A, and then later in the first quarter, Baker Mayfield threw a five-yard touchdown pass to the big man, Mark Andrews. So after one quarter, the Sooners have a 17-0 lead over TCU in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Number 20 Memphis has come back to take a 28-24 lead over 14th-ranked Central Florida, which came in undefeated. They have 2.43 to go in the second quarter. NFL Eagles receiver Alshon Jeffrey signed a four-year extension this morning through 2021 worth a reported $52 million with $27 million guaranteed. Finally, a very scary story, fortunately, with an apparently happy ending today at the NC State South Carolina State College basketball game. A South Carolina State player suffered a medical emergency. EMT responders at the arena appeared to perform chest compressions on the player, and NC State later announced that the player was conscious and was stabilized. The game then resumed after a delay. Back to you guys. All right, Isaac, thank you so much. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Time to check in right now. Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sporting News NFL Insider, our dear friend, and to find out how excited he is about the Dan Mullen era at the University <laughs> of Florida. Alex Marvez joining the Cannons. Alex, before we get to all the NFL talk, and there's a lot of big stories to get to, what do you make of the whole SEC situation, the Tennessee mess you know, AM paying a ransom to get Jimbo Fisher, Fisher uh, your situation of Florida, all the changing musical chairs with the coaches. What do you make of what's going on in the SEC? And I have a little breaking news at SportingNews.com with my partner Bill Bender about how Gus Malzahn can expect Arkansas to make the ultra-hard press at him. This is wow. the number one guy mm. that is their target. That is who they want. And considering that Gus has had, you know, maybe some tepid support before from the Auburn administration. And, and listen, with, with Jimbo Fisher raising the bar now, there are going to be trustees and outside, not trustees, but boosters and outside folks that are willing to pay for this. And I th- you know what's interesting about this? I was thinking about this while I was, I was taking a dog walk yesterday. 
today. You know, the NFL should pay attention to why these SEC teams are doing this. You know, obviously they're not losing money, right? No. It's because they've tapped a nerve, and they have loyal fan support from folks who simply, listen, the average fan simply doesn't care. They don't care that the player doesn't get paid. They, They don't care how much you pay the head coach. They just want to win. That's what they want. They want to be entertained by that on a Saturday afternoon, and they base their, their you know, their, that's their passion. That's what they spend their time on. And you wonder if the NFL can try to get some of that passion back for its product, because I can't tell you that you see that same type of passion nowadays in a lot of cases on Sundays or Mondays. You know, we have gamblers that watch, we have casual fans that watch, but I think, you know, you look at it, you see some empty stadiums, you don't see, you know, you don't, you don't usually see that at places like the SEC, uh, because I think fans just really just care about what it is that, that there, there's an emotional attachment I think the NFL's lost. So you're telling me that Gus Malzahn now there, Alex, is going to demand oh, about 75 to $100 million guaranteed from whoever, whether it's Auburn, he can use this as leverage with them, or even Arkansas. Demand or command? That's an interesting thing. And yeah. what will he? What will he be paid? Listen, if, if you know, even if it's not seven point five, you know, at some point you have to ask yourself, okay, first, how much of it's money, right? You know what I mean in terms of, okay, if, if the offers are equal, am I happy? Am I going to be happier going to Arkansas and, and you know taking this program and knowing that I have maybe a little bit more support than I've had in the past at Auburn, or are you comfortable with the system that you've set up there? And clearly, for the for the you know Tigers to move the Crimson Tide out of the way and to get to this SEC championship game, that speaks volumes about the job Gus Malzahn has done there. So, you know, interesting questions that are going to be facing him, but but now the bar has been set. Brady, $7.5 million for Jimbo Fisher. That's the going rate now for a top-tier coach in the SEC whose name is not Nick Saban. Let's see what the Razorbacks come up with. And by the way, just stay in this for a second here. When we talk about the amount of money that these football programs are bringing into the universities, could we actually say that Nick Saban at $11 million a year is grossly underpaid? For what he brings that university, there's a lot of ancillary things to it, right? right. I mean, we, if, if the University of Alabama didn't have a football program, what would we be talking about <laughs> with them? Zero. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's got. like you think, you think about what – and listen, why, why the Penn State loyalists you know, continue to, to worship Joe Paterno despite the, the horrible stuff that went on there and him ignoring the Jerry Sandusky stuff. So a lot of it is that people really appreciate the fact that this was a farm college out in the middle of nowhere that he turned into a powerhouse and everybody knows – what Penn State is, right? So, right. I mean, th- that's what I think a lot of it is that. And listen, the best thing that ever happened to the NFL, and I think I've said this to you before, is Nick Saban failing with the Miami Dolphins because he has now produced, you know, listen, not only has he produced a tremendous amount of talent that comes into the NFL, but everybody else in the SEC has to raise the bar as well because you've got to keep up with the Joneses, or in this case, with the Sabans, and you've got to have a program that can compete with his from a facility standpoint, from an assistant coaching standpoint, a recruiting standpoint point all of those things if you're not in it to win it forget about it in the sec among the top tier programs and i think it's elevated everybody's game trying to catch nick saban so yeah i think in a lot of ways this is money well spent by the university of alabama and when you're talking about the money he brings in i mean it's we know about the money for tv deals ticket sales all that kind of stuff but does that also include all the money through donors and boosters oh. and things of that nature i mean is that that the totality of what we're talking about here well, we're also talking about, you know, and I'll give you an example of this, and, and you've seen it, uh, you know, at schools before, that uh, it was George Mason, right, when they made the Final Four a couple years ago in basketball, all of a sudden, the, the amount of people who wanted to get into the school, you know, the application skyrocketed. People all of a sudden wanted to go to George Mason. I mean, so you get that type of thing when you know that, wow, we have this football program, it's part of the student experience, you're going to go to the University of Alabama, you know what you're going to be doing on Saturdays, and you're going to get, well, I hope a great education, I can't vouch for it, but the point is, that's what, you know, that's what some people, but 
again, that, that's oh. sort of what it brings. You know, we don't even talk about marketing, merchandise, people wearing University of Alabama clothing, and all of this opens doors to other things. I, I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, we can't, I don't know, you know, there's economists that try to put a, a value on this sort of thing, and I'm sure there's been some studies done about it, but this is what the state of Alabama is on Saturdays. It's Auburn, it's Alabama, those two programs. It's college football, and it's really college football at its best. I, look, at I, I've said this. Nick Saban is worth $50 million a year. Easy hmm. to the University of Alabama, if not more than that. All right, I want to get to the NFL right now. I don't know if we've ever had a matchup quite like this Giants-Raiders matchup. <laughs> All right, so the Raiders are without both their starting wide receivers. Cooper out with the concussion. Obviously, Crabtree out with the suspension. And then you have this quarterback mess. John Mara came out and said this could have been handled better. When asked about Ben McAdoo's future, he says there are no guarantees in life. And now McAdoo says, oh, no, 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 I've been on the same page, Mara, the entire time. So where are we going with this right now? I mean, the Giants, 11 wins a year ago, 2-9 and nine this year. What's next? Uh, what's next is going to be getting rid of Ben McAdoo. And I, but I do think that the bridges have been burnt with Eli Manning. And I think it, it, it's really John Mara once again mishandling something, just like he did the Josh Brown situation the previous year. There's a, I wrote a strong column about this, in my opinion, anyway, at SportingNews.com this past week. You know, when you're handling something as delicate as Eli Manning, you need to be there face-to-face. You need to talk to him. You need to, you know, be, because, listen, and I understand letting, you know, uh, you know, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese deal with 52 other players on that roster. Let them handle them. But when you're the owner and you see the, 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 mis, the mishandling of the situation by Ben McAdoo, you know, John Mara tells him, we wanna, I'd like to get a look at the quarterbacks, you know, the, the other quarterbacks on the roster before the end of the season. And then Ben takes that as, oh, yeah, we're going to treat this, this Oakland game as a preseason game, and Eli Manning's only going to start a half. And then John Mara admits publicly, that isn't what I had in mind for how to handle the situation, because they put Eli in a corner, and you end the guy's starting streak like that. It is a disaster right now for the New York Giants. I, you know, listen, they're going to lose the rest of their games in all likelihood. I mean, that's a best-case scenario for the Giants, because it puts them in position to draft a quarterback high, release Eli Manning in the offseason. He has a no-trade no trade clause in his contract, and just hope that you get rid of the clown show that you have right now with Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. They need to start fresh. They need to start again, by the way, too, building some trust inside that building because what they did to Eli Manning was, was really just one of the stupidest and preventable things you could have done to a guy who deserved better. And what, do you, what would you suggest that you do to a guy that you know is at the end of his rope that you're going to want to get rid of? I know he has a no-trade clause, but that doesn't mean you can't trade him. You can, As we learned with uh, Carmelo Anthony with the Knicks in another sport, that's something you can circumvent. I'm looking at it like, hey, you put him on ice so you don't risk hurting him that could potentially – you know, uh, diminish his trade value because you're going to need more than just one guy. No, they're not going to trade him. He he can't get traded. I mean, there's no circumventing the no trade clause. This isn't the NBA. This is the NFL. Eli Manning is not going to get traded, and he's not going to agree to a trade. You can circumvent it. Well, he has to give approval to it. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to give approval. Why wouldn't he? Well, he's not going to give approval to this, and I'll give you a couple reasons why. The way his contract is, okay, he can make much more money as a free agent rather than under his current deal. So why would you? Why would you leave? To, you know, literally, you ten million, though, twelve you would, million dollars you wouldn't on the do table that because that would be part of the deal. You'd say you could trade me, but this is the kind of contract. Well, can they I release want. him? They can flat out release no. him. Sure, they are going to flat out release him. There's no trade coming. It's going to be a flat out release. So why Eli don't Manning they release him right now so Jacksonville can sign him and have Eli Manning as the starting quarterback for the balance of their season, giving that team a legitimate shot in the playoffs? Yeah, but it's not going to happen now. 
They're not going to do that now. They're going to hold on to Eli Manning right now. They're not going to do that. And, you know, I mean, and again, too, for Jacksonville, that gets a little bit tricky as well. I mean, listen, not that I don't think Eli could do a better job than Blake Bortles, but that's not what's going to – and Eli Manning has not asked for his release. This is just – you know, as of right now, this is frozen, okay? Because I also think, too, the Giants, if there's a head coach that comes in and says, hey, look – I can mend things with Eli. We can keep him. I'll make sure things are right. I want Eli playing for us, and, he, and, he war- and Eli warms up to him. I think the Giants want to keep that possibility out there. What they should have done was simply sprinkle these quarterbacks in during a game. Say, Eli, look, at some point in the second quarter, we're going to put in Davis Webb. Or at some point in the second quarter, the third quarter, we're going to put in Geno Smith for a series, see how it goes, and go from there. That's a lot different than telling a guy that even if you throw four touchdown passes in the first half, we're going to sit you in the second half. I mean, that's not a situation that, and no one wants to be thinking about a game like that. It's silly. And it was designed to make Eli Manning quit his starting position. No wonder he's so upset at the organization. And as his dad, Archie, told the New York Daily News this week, that's why he's, for the first time in his career, started thinking about playing elsewhere. All right. uh, Shedding tears for the demolition of uh, the Silverdome tomorrow. Indeed, you know, and I saw Kajana Carter destroy his NFL career there, unfortunately, ripping up his knee. I saw Barry Sanders rip up opposing defenses while I was there. And, of course, 1987, WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Yes, indeed, 20 years ago. Now, legitimately 78,000 people in the building. WWE always voted as 93 because everything in pro wrestling is, you know, multiplied times a certain amount of money, but (laughs) certain numbers. But nonetheless, you know, one of the most memorable matches, and of course, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage stealing the show uh, with their match. And then, you know, the late, great George the Animal Steel was involved, and the lovely Elizabeth, she unfortunately has passed as well, as has the Macho Man, leaving just the dragon standing. I knew that if we needed someone to give detailed history of the Silver Dome, Alex Marvez. Alex Marvez was the man. <laughs> Great stuff, Alex. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Can't Alex. wait, guys. Be good. Alex Marvez there, Sirius XM NFL Radio and Sporting News NFL Insider. Yes. We're all good? All right. All right. Uh, all right. We got a lot more to get to, including a follow up on the whole dynamic of what's going on right now with the college football playoff. Yeah. Also, also want to get to. This insane mess in the SEC. I mean, it has taken itself to another (laughs) level from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios coming up next. (laughs) I'm going to put Ping great news. There's a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Oklahoma's leading TCU 17-7 right now. we got 7.44 to go in the first half. Baker Mayfield, obviously no more for his passing, leading the nation in passing efficiency. Had a big run. Did you see that big run he had uh, oh, yeah. earlier in this game? Oh, and it looks like this is going to be a – okay, so TCU just threw a nice little fader out to a receiver. He one can caught it, brought it in with his feet inbounds, full control through the process of the catch. The official on the field called it an incomplete pass. I'm going to no, tell you what, they're going to review it. It's going to be a touchdown. And TCU is going to be within three points of Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty good TCU team. This is going to go back and forth. This has got a long way to go. Mayfield had a 54-yard run. So, so far for Mayfield, uh, 10 of 15 passing, 100 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Three carries for 55 yards. But TCU very much uh, in this game. And then we have that Memphis game. Uh, Memphis is leading undefeated Central Florida at halftime, 31 to 24. How about these Whoa. stats for the two quarterbacks? So I mentioned the kid Milton for yeah. uh, Central Florida, but he's thrown two picks now in this game. His halftime stats, 16 of 22 for 306 yards, three touchdowns, two Jeez. picks. Then you got the Memphis quarterback, Ferguson, 
12 of 14, 246 yards and two touchdowns. So the two quarterbacks are thrown for 552 yards in the first half. Defenses have to tighten up a little bit. Yes. Uh, what I've seen on both these defenses, and I've also seen it on both TCU and Oklahoma, is it's eye discipline. These guys, they when we talk safeties especially, they bite on those play action runs like no other. It's like, dude, you got to, it's a coaching thing, but also it's a player thing. You got to look at the right thing, stay on the right thing, don't get hypnotized or tricked into looking at something else, and you'll be in better position against those play action passes. And right now, that's what both Milton and the Memphis quarterback are just killing defenses on. There's these play action read, run pass options, read option plays that uh, they're catching guys with their hands in the cookie jar. Now, one game that's being played right now that is completely off the radar, but there is a significant side story, is Florida State and Louisiana Monroe. What? And they're doing a makeup game. This was, you remember, the hurricane down there. So they had a, and what was significant about uh, this uh, game is the consecutive bowl streak for Florida State. They have been to a bowl game 35 consecutive years. They're sitting at five wow. and six, so they needed to win today against Louisiana Monroe to be bowl eligible. Right now, they're up twenty-one nothing, and the play was overturned for a touchdown. There so it is. So TCO, and then you got the Jimbo Fisher situation. You know, a lot of people look on the surface and they say, "Why would you leave Florida State for Texas A and M?" I mean, how is that? <laughs> but when you look at the money, we're I got it's A&M, all about the money. Ten years, seventy-five million, all guaranteed. It's the largest guaranteed contract in college football history for if, a coach. If Florida State would offer that to him, he'd have stayed. Well, think about this. Of course he would. All right, let's let's talk about a re- let's talk money. about recruiting. All right. Okay. So you're sitting in that hotbed of Florida, right? Yeah. And whoever's sort of, you know, on top of the mountain between Florida, Florida State, and Miami tends to get their pick. And after Florida State won that national championship, it's been Jimbo Fisher, you know, in the driver's seat. Yeah. Now, Florida, Miami trying to get back there. Obviously, Florida's a mess. You know, uh, Mark Rick is trying to get Miami back to that level. Which but they're if, close. But compare trying to recruit Florida talent at Florida State as opposed to trying to recruit Texas talent at Texas A&M. Competition's pretty stiff for A and M, is it not? For that Texas, yeah, but talent? there's a lot of good football players in Texas. Can he get Florida know. talent to leave the state to come to Texas? Ooh, that'd be tough. Uh, but I, I don't know if he has to really worry about that. Texas has so much football talent. Yes, it's it does. Unbelievable. As Even to Florida. the point to where, like, you call it the between quotation leftovers that these other schools, right? You you'll get. I mean, those guys turn out to be phenomenal football players themselves. So, I mean, he's going from one place that's very you could say, full of talent for college football to another place that is equally as talented and there's enough available players that fit the schemes that he's going to run, for sure. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting how that plays out. All right, we got so much to do with this college football situation at the SEC. We'll have plenty of it on the show today. Just a quick note. Yeah. You talk about these buyouts. You see Bielema, over $11 million buyout. Yeah, yeah, 11. Jim Moore, we knew, had a $12, 12 million. million buyout. How yeah. they, but here's my favorite buyout. Who else had the buyout? We had another how, about the, how about this? The athletic director at Tennessee that was fired after eight months on the job. <laughs> Think about this. All right. So this guy was hired out of Kansas State to be their new athletic director. Graham was the other guy. Right. Go ahead. Ty Graham. Yeah, yes. So... Uh, and they're still looking for a coach. All right. Herm Edwards. We'll get we'll into get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. that. That is my favorite story of the day. All right. But how about this athletic director? So he's only was on the job eight months, completely made a mess of this Tennessee oh, yeah. coaching job. Especially his last couple He weeks. gets fired. But deservedly so. They have to pay him $5.5 million to walk Just away. Just to say, see you later. So this guy well, was making a salary. Why did they pay Bush Jones to walk away? Ah. 
I, I, who knows? There's got to be something there, too. But, I mean, imagine this guy Jesus was Christ. on the job for eight months, and he has to walk away. All right, we're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Yeah, we'll get to the Herm Edwards outrageous story. More college football next. Rolling on on this beautiful Saturday, Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, yes, it's an exciting day in college football. As the regular season will come to an end, we'll find out about the playoff. We'll have uh, final thoughts on the Heisman. Obviously, all the bowl games out there. I got bad news for you. BYU will not uh, be in a bowl game this year. I saw that coming about uh, week one. <laughs> if you go Wait back to say, my Twitter feed. You beat Portland State. You remember we were talking about that oh. first game, and I was trying to give you a little background on who Portland State was and Neil Lomax. He used to actually had a history to them. And, yeah. And you were thinking, ah, you know, and, and, and you actually struggled that day. By the way, Ty Detmer fired his offensive coordinator yeah. after one year. Yeah, I said it after that game. I said, uh, if this is if, if they weren't <laughs> holding back and they were yeah. trying their best, because I thought maybe they would be like just trying out some things, doing the – yeah. experience, I thought this is not a good. This is a bad team. Yeah, bad team. And lo and behold, it uh, ended up holding true. I, I, I am. I'm sad about Detmer because I have. I've always been a Ty Detmer fan. I, I, yeah, I put him on my short list of the greatest yeah. college football quarterbacks of all time, and I, I, I have never wavered on that. But the problem and, is, is sometimes just because you're a great player and have a great mind, you struggle in being able to communicate that. And that's exactly and that's the problem. What His mind is at a a plus plus level and this yeah. is why he was able to draw an NFL paycheck for 15 years as a backup quarterback because of his head exactly. and his mind but trying to translate that to college kids uh proved, too tough. yeah way too tough I mean they 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 could not grasp what was in his head nope. obviously That's so exactly so right. where where's BYU going next are they changing coaches are they're all set or what's going on here what's well they're gonna they're looking at a number of coordinators right now yeah um but uh yeah, I mean, even Ty, even though he got fired, he's technically still under contract because the way BYU assistant contracts work is they, they go from August to August. Yes. And so his contract will not expire until August, and obviously if you're on the, the staff going into that season in August, and it automatically you know extends out to the next August. So uh, there is a slight chance that he'll stick around. I mean, I don't. if I was him, I would stick around acknowledging the fact that I wasn't ready and uh, let's let another guy come in, let him take the reins. I'll add my input where necessary. I mean, Ty did that basically all throughout his pro career. And then uh, over time, he can grow into that role, you know. And so, I mean, to me, I, I don't know why you would just get up and leave. All right. A uh, couple of things happening right now. Okay. Oklahoma TCU. Uh, we got five minutes to go in the first half there. By the way, was that – that was interesting play. So Memphis is playing – Central Florida leading 31-24 at halftime, and Memphis kicked off and tried an onside kick up seven to open the second half. However, it was recovered by Central Florida, so Central Florida now is in prime position in Memphis territory to try to tie up this game. So that was yeah. an interesting strike. Of course, we saw that in that Super Bowl. Yeah, I've seen the Super Bowls. New Orleans, uh, Indianapolis did that. I like it. I mean, you, get, you go out there and uh, you got to trust your defense. And also, the way Memphis is looking at it is like, this is a track meet, man. we got to steal a possession because we don't know if our defense can uh, can hold up. Right. But, it, but at the same time, you got to trust them that they're going to at least you know, hold them to a field goal, which you don't feel like in this kind of game would be an issue with the way that your offense is playing. So I get the thinking behind it. Your offense is playing to where you feel like you're unstoppable. All right, so right now Central Florida down 31-24, trying to complete a perfect season. 
<laughs> and remember, so Scott hard, Frost dude. is their coach. And he's gone. And, you know, he he passed on Florida. He's actually publicly said, I'd be disappointed if Nebraska was not interested in me. We haven't heard word one out of Nebraska. I guess we just assume it's a done deal that Scott Frost is going to be the head coach at Nebraska. I've, I'm, I'm, I, I thought that came out already. No. Am I wrong about that? There's no, there hasn't been anything about I must that have, yet. I must have gotten tricked. No. The only, Somebody tricked me. I no, don't know. The only, the only, I thought they it, asked Scott Frost about it, and he said, why well, I'd be I disappointed somebody, if they didn't consider it. Yeah, him. I thought somebody tweeted that he accepted that job. No, that's not officially. And I mean, apparently he's not. Yeah, because no. uh, you're, yeah. I mean, okay, I got tricked there. I happened. Okay. I mean, I thought he was a done deal going to Nebraska, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, he addressed the Nebraska rumors. Uh, See, there's me, a question: Is could Oregon we, derail the? Scott Frost? Because he should have. Okay, this is how it should have all gone. Down. All right, back in two thousand, like three years ago, when they hired my, um, Michael, um, what's his name, Riley, Mark Helfrich. What? No, no, Riley. With oh, the, Riley, Mike Riley, Mike Nebraska, Riley yeah. with Nebraska. They should have hired Scott Frost. Yeah, no brainer. I mean, if you couldn't tell at that point that this guy was going to be a phenomenal head coach, yes, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, because he had that already in him, and then. For uh, for him to go to Central Florida and do what he's done, obviously confirm that, right? And for for Nebraska to go and get Mike Riley, but what well, about Oregon? Guy. Would he go back to Oregon? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, over Nebraska. Um, if I'm you, him, I'm going back. He's he's a Nebraska guy. I'm telling you, but can you win he at Nebraska the, in the Big Ten? I mean, they, yeah. I mean, with his. Do you do you watch like this? Isn't all of a sudden he's got uh, just recruited a bunch of new players at Central Florida? Touchdown, uh, Central Florida. And as we say, yeah, they they score a touchdown. This is. Coaching, and I'll give you a great example. One is they threw a simple flare pass that every team in, in college football in the NFL runs, but the difference is is these receivers for UCF were blocking like crazy. That's a, that's something that he brought with him from Oregon. Their, their mentality there is if you don't block, you don't get the rock, and that's a coaching adjustment. That's a coaching focal point that he's been able to implement with guys at Central Florida where now you're able to make a high percentage throughout into the flat and gain big yards because your wide receivers are blocking. I mean, that's just one small example of his imprint on Central Florida. You take that and put him back up at Oregon, he's doing great. You take that and put that in Nebraska, he's going to do phenomenal. Now, here's uh, this is an update. Uh, according to Bruce Feldman, uh, Nebraska AD is calling recruits, telling him Scott Frost has 90% of his staff in place, and they will be pleased. So, in other words, they're putting out there that, yeah, he's, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. That is big. See, I, I always thought that. But but to me, I don't know why I don't know why it took this long is my, my only question. Like, why don't you go with him in the beginning? Well, I guess they're doing a favor to Central Florida. I mean, well, I mean yeah, this is, they're but, trying to get an undefeated season. But, I mean, come on, you're Nebraska. I mean, these should be like automatics. You get one of your own that is on a fast track in the coaching profession, and you go with the old savvy, yeah. you know, security blanket that's the safe pick and right. right. Who's making these decisions? I thought it was just it was a bad choice. He should be. A, he, he should have been Nebraska a few years ago, but it looks like he's going to eventually. Get so you don't ready. think Oregon could talk him out of it? Uh, Nebraska, no, I, uh, that'd be impossible. It's, if you're competing against Nebraska, he's Nebraska through and through, man. Right. I, I tell you, I've sat down with that guy, talked to him, and I just I know Nebraska guys. I know Nebraska football. That's who he is. All right. I want to get to one of the strangest coaching rumors out there, and that's the Herm Edwards to Arizona State. I mean, I. But he's I, confirmed that. That's not a rumor. Well, it, it, apparently the uh, school that. president has to sign off, and that's the only thing holding yeah. us up. All right. So let's figure this out. So, Herm Edwards, <laughs> who hasn't coached since 2008, <laughs> last time we saw him, he was posting a 2 and 14 season as a head coach coming off a 4-12 and season, his only college experience in coaching was as a D-backs coach at San Jose State 
that ended in 1989. He has no ties to Arizona State at all, except for the president. He knows the president. Well, he knows somewhere. about it, but he's ne- he was not part of the. He played. Exactly. He actually not, played not at Arizona Berkeley, State, and he yeah. played at San Diego State. His senior, year, he played at San Diego State. Really? Again, his only college coaching experience was a brief three-year run as a D-backs coach um, at San Jose State before he got back into the NFL coaching ranks. I mean, I and he's you know he's I mean. When when you talk, I mean Herm Edwards. I, I mean maybe his days are numbered at ESPN. Maybe I mean, oh yeah, I bet you know, that's part of it. Part of it as well. And, and obviously he's going to make a great payday as, as a coach at Arizona that, yeah, State. Get that job. But I mean, every time I think about being a college coach, and your brother is one. Yeah, recruiting. <laughs> it's tough. it is a bear. Oh, I mean, is. I mean when it's you tough. when you when you have to compete. If you're Arizona State, you know I go all the way back. When Frank Cush put Arizona State on the map, you know what Frank Cush said back in the 60s and 70s to make Arizona State a power? He'd go into L.A. And basically course, yeah. what he did was anyone that SC and UCLA was like, mm, can't really touch him. him, he would take them. That's what Oregon did with uh, and, Chip and Kelly, And then eventually the other uh, – Chip Kelly. Washington State's doing that now. Well, now Chip Kelly didn't have to worry because he's at UCLA, but now he did it at yeah. Oregon. I'll tell you another guy that did this when things went a little south was Don James at Washington oh, yeah. to get yeah. that program back on track, go down to L.A. A lot of good football players of leftovers. in the area. But Arizona oh, yeah. State, Frank Cush was the first guy to do this. This is how he made Arizona State a big power back in the day sure. as he would go into L.A. and take the leftovers and, and build a power I mean, is Herm Edwards at this point of his life <laughs> ready to hit the ground yes. and start he, grinding? This is the reason why he'll do well. And there's a reason why he'll do well, and there's a reason why he'll struggle. Let me start with the reasons why he'll do well. First, he knows what it's like to be in the NFL and to always have a general manager that he has to address and he has to, to work under, which is hard because there's a lot of times to where guys are brought in and pushed down the throats of coaches because the general manager of the scouting department likes them. Whereas the coach is like not as hot on them. And, and the coach also looks at it from a schematic perspective. Like, hey, I don't know about that. So he's going to get full autonomy, which I do believe he will enjoy and thrive in at the college football level. He'll be able to get the guys he wants. It fits his schemes, all that kind of stuff. He'll be able to run the show. That's why a lot of these pro guys are probably going to start looking at the college game because they get that executive decision-making ability. The other thing is, is a new kind of deal that's happening in college football is you're basically building a front office like the pros. You have a personnel director in college football now that oversees a lot of the mundane details of your recruiting. A lot of times now, and I know from my brother's perspective, like Bronco Mendenhall, who's the head coach of Virginia, he's used as simply the closer. Yeah. He doesn't go on recruiting trips. Right. He doesn't go out and, and bang on doors and make contacts. He lets his assistants do that and his personnel Yeah, but if you're going to get the but big guys, yeah. Listen to this, but if you got a big gun, big gun that you need to go and close the deal on, all right, he sets up a fight and goes to see him, and that's maybe like four or five visits a year. So as a head coach, it's actually quite the gig. The key for him is going to be getting the right assistance, that assistance, and that leads to where his negatives come into play. Is is he in touch enough, right, with the college game, with where the game is evolving, to be able to have the foresight to get the right guys in there to have schemes that are going to fit. This era of college football players. And, I assume, and let me tell you what yeah. the scheme is. Right. And we're watching, actually, we're watching a beautiful example with TCU. Right. We watch it with Mike Leach. And it's the old school West Coast offense that BYU made so successful. Why is this offense taking over college football and even spilling into the pro world? Simply this. It's presented to the defense as a difficult, complicated scheme. Offensively, guess what? It's very simple. 
So it's easy to learn, but it's perceived to be very difficult from a defensive perspective. That's the kind of, and I'm not but saying you're going to hire those guys. But is Herman Edwards in touch with that? That's what I don't know. He has no connection to college you. football. When I listen to his breakdown and his analysis, right. I don't think he is. I listen to him and I'm like, does this guy know? Like, that's good. I always looked at Herm Edwards as a guy, like a raw, raw guy. Yeah, I never, I never I'm thought of it. I'm with you. I, when he does his analysis, I, I guess, I second guess it. I don't when sit you, there when going, he's wow, going to be matching wits with a guy like Chip Kelly. Not a good deal to be in. No. And even Chip Kelly's offense is very is built in that same premise. It's By the way, Chip a lot Kelly, more Chip than Kelly has already admitted what he ran at Oregon is gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. He's gone next level. What is he's, he going to do? Well, I don't, he hasn't told anybody. Oh, but the word is, is that, I, I, again, I assume Helfrich is going to be his right-hand guy. He's got to be. That, uh, that he already recognizes what they did at Oregon is passe. It is. It's true, and so he's now going a different level. He's so got what a, we're going to see at UCLA? Speeds. Yeah, he's got a very speed. He can't right. go fast, go hard the whole time. Correct. But he's got to have that as his element. Right. But then you got to slow it down when you. Oh no, no, he's already next step. Oh yeah, I yeah, love no, it. No. What you, he goes Oregon. That was back in the day. I love it. We got something new. And you know what he's going to bring too, which yeah. I love about yeah. him is yeah. he'll always when they've been really good, even at Oregon. Yeah, they always had a power back. They did. So they have that nice mix of power and speed. To keep a def- defense. Yeah, know, but they need, they need defense at UCLA. That's one of the problems right now. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Continuing update to you, everything on this final regular seed day, season day uh, in college football, including some of the big games coming up, how they matter as far as the playoffs are concerned, coming up next. Harman and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in your car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. So Oklahoma leading TCU now 24-17. to 17. Uh, TCU just got a field goal to narrow the margin to seven. Baker Mayfield in this game, 12 of 17. 119 yards only in the first half. Two touchdowns, though. He also had a 54-yard run, so he has 64, 65 yards rushing. So they're at the half right now. Meanwhile, Central Florida has just scored it's again. A tra- it's a track meet. This, this Central Florida-Memphis game, literally. It is. If, uh, you're, if you're sitting on the 50-yard lines, your neck is going to get tired by the end of this game. It is uh, like Central Florida match. trying to go up with the extra point. 38-34 in this game. Again, their uh, quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, in this game, uh, has thrown for a lot of yards. Uh, what is that? 350 here. I'm looking at an update here. 351 yards and three touchdowns. Ferguson, the quarterback for Memphis, 316 yards and two touchdowns. So we got a long way to go. Still 740 to go here uh, in the third quarter. And now UCF trying to complete an undefeated regular season, leading 38 to 34. Some of the games coming up, and we definitely want to get into some of these. The next big game is the SEC championship game. And I want to go back a week ago. You know, a lot of people were picking Auburn to beat Alabama. Yeah. Not only did they beat Alabama, they, they dominated. dominated Alabama. They shut them down. I mean, you can't again. All these Alabama people, you know, screaming, including Nick Saban after the game, how they belong in the Final Four. <laughs> you can't tell me based on that game that, that's that Alabama looked like anything. one of the yeah. four top teams in the country. Heck no. And even the other games. I, I mean, it's not hard to see. This is not like... It's not. They're not one of the... It, I mean, it's a fringe kind of thing to where you can say they're one of the best, where they're, you know, but it's like you don't really know unless they play, but it's, they're not, they didn't play so well that it's just like, an, you know, an unforgotten conclusion. Like, oh, yeah, they're, they're one of the top four teams, even though they didn't get in the championship. They haven't played to that level 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with everybody that doesn't think that they're in. They don't deserve to be in. All right, so we got a lot of rematches in these conference championship games. That's the one thing about having a conference championship game is rematches. Yeah. Last time that Auburn played Georgia, Georgia not only only Georgia's loss, I mean, they got blown out of that game 40-17. How does that work for Auburn, and how does that work for Georgia, the fact that they faced each other a month ago and it was all Auburn? You know, to me, it, it, this is the advantage for Georgia. It is extremely difficult to beat a team twice. Yes, you know, especially within a, uh, what is it, two-month span. Yeah. But also, it doesn't help either that Gus Malzahn, after the game, says we beat the dog, beep, out of mm-hmm. Georgia. Yeah. You know, which, you know, they're the Bulldogs, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of... So you're going to just... You're just giving them more material. I mean, to me, I if I had to pick any... I'm picking Georgia in this game. Wow. For that reason, because you're in a championship environment. It's almost like all bets are off in the sense of, like, you can't... There's no advantage, you know... And then the fact that Auburn beat Georgia the way they did previously and sort of left it, like, rubbed it in their face only adds insult to injury and only makes that Georgia team come in far more motivated. And the thing, too, is is now if you're Auburn, you're most likely going to be do- in both Georgia. You're, you're stunning that last game, you know. And a lot of times you, you fall into the trap of thinking that's the team that's going to show up. And in my experience, and you're playing teams twice from the regular season to a championship game or the playoffs – that same team never shows up. They're hard. They're like ten notches better, and so we'll see whichever team shows up, expecting their their opponent to be like they were the first time to play. That'll be the team that'll lose. I'm just telling you right now. So if well, I tell you what, Auburn is in the most difficult situation because they have to have so much internal discipline to study the strategies, get up on their tendencies, but to not fall in the trap of thinking that's the team that's going to show up. So I'm going with Georgia. If Georgia wins that game, then any argument for Alabama's eliminated. Gone. Gone. They're not even close. Because having lost to Auburn convincingly and, and then watch Auburn champs. lose to Georgia. Exactly. Out. Out. So I'm hoping, though, that Georgia does lose because this creates. I mean, because to me, if Alabama somehow finds a way getting in. Well, let me go back. Let's go back. If Ohio State. Here's what everyone's saying. For think. a whole revamp, which if, is what I want. Let's say Ohio State blows out Wisconsin tonight. Okay. All right. So, by the way, we'll have the... Uh, Which is possible. The, uh, Very possible. It is possible. So, later on tonight, you got the Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State and Wisconsin. So, if Ohio State blows out Wisconsin... Okay. And they're right now eighth in the playoff rankings, Ohio State. Eighth. And Alabama's at number five. And they jump and up they, to and number four, and Alabama's they, are, three. Are, are, well, my, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's say this. That would be crazy. Let's say Oklahoma wins this game. They're in. Right? If Oklahoma wins yeah. against TCU, I, they're in. I'd have to imagine that right. that's got to be so one automatic, let's, right? Let, and we, we assume, we know that the winner of the ACC championship game, either Clemson or Miami, in. In. Okay, so that's two ins. Mm-hmm. And if Auburn wins against Georgia, in. in. That's three. Yeah. So now you have one spot left. And you have Ohio State, two losses, blowing out <laughs> Wisconsin versus one loss, Alabama. Okay, I get If you they now. pick Alabama. They'll pick Alabama. <laughs> and, they, and by the way, you're right. That's why they stuck Ohio State at eight. That's right. They're 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 putting them there to to justify putting them back in. Right. If something crazy happens, remember they had Alabama five. They have Georgia six, and they have this Miami seven. These are SEC, ACC, yeah, all the way through here. Teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've almost made it impossible for a two loss Ohio State team. To leapfrog over a one-loss Alabama team yeah. for that last slot. Yeah. What if What if Wisconsin 
just wins some ugly, you know, random game against Ohio State. They should automatically be in, but it's not a foregone conclusion. It is not a foregone conclusion. No. Can you imagine the outcry, though, if if they do and and they leap one loss Alabama over undefeated Wisconsin? And I know my Wisconsin fan base, man. They are passionate. So (laughs) let's hope that happens. Fans Just to speak. make the more a mess, I'm with you. The more a mess oh, we make of this play out, the more a mockery it becomes. The quicker we can get to a, a real resolve, <laughs> an actual playoff in college football. Exactly, which would be I unreal. Get, I, I wish I I could get Rocky Long in our show. You you'd love Rocky. I don't know if you know San Diego State football coach Rocky. Sixty eight years conversations old. with the guy. You yeah. know he's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. and he's at that point. Like the uh, the he's other day. They, I was out at, uh, at the stadium on Tuesday. They have an unveiling for a potential new stadium for San Diego State. In, well, so you independent know, the, of Qualcomm. Well, well, it's now Qualcomm has become SDCCU Stadium, but that stadium is uh, labeled to be torn down at the end of 2018. Really? And Where's next, their new stadium looking to be built? Well, here, here's, here's the deal. So next November, there's going to be a ballot in San Diego to determine who's going to acquire that Mission Valley property. Which, if you've ever been there, it's it's a it's stadium in the location. biggest yeah. parking lot on the planet. Is basically what it is. It's a nice location too. So we got uh, we have a group uh, representing the MLS. They want to bring soccer there, Soccer City. So anyway, San Diego State unveiled like this thirty-five thousand seat stadium that could easily be expanded. Let's put it that way. Very open. Uh, they use Colorado State as an example. Their new stadium, which is beautiful. And uh, so they're looking at this whole dynamic. Get your Rocky Long up there. How about and he gets up there and he goes, he was hilarious. First of all, over the last three years, the only two schools that have won more games than San Diego State are Alabama and Clemson. They're the only really? over the last three years that have won more games. How about and he that? goes and he goes, uh, yeah, I want to wish all the best luck to Stanford and the Pac-12. Oh, that's right, we beat them. Did he say that? Yeah, the big crowd that we beat them. <laughs> we beat them. Uh, we are undefeated in the Pac-12 this year. He's just he's one of those guys. He doesn't care anymore. He's oh, he just going to say. But he he does a beautiful a job. job. Yeah, you know, from the perspective of a group of five coaches, successful program on why a sixteen school playoff not only makes sense. That it's plausible and long overdue, and he, he goes into great detail. He goes, high school teens play more games than we do. So anyway, <laughs> True. it's crazy. All right, uh, we're going to get to much more of all this, everything going on in college football, including a little update on the Heisman. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's bring on Isaac again. Now, Isaac, uh, your beautiful bride was here. Yes, it is was... she still there or is she left? Oh no, she's horrified to be seen in public with me. Understandably say, so. Yeah. Oh no. I, uh, and she is a, she is a diehard Bruin. I love love her for that. Yeah. In all seriousness, it was so awesome to see two all time UCLA Titans right up there mm. with Coach Wooden, my wife, and Steve Hartman reminiscing about UCLA glory. No, no, no. Here's the great thing. <laughs> I'll throw Jackie Robinson in there too. By the way. All right. So they they have two oh, sons. Man. They have Trey, two sons. What right? about Trey Aikman, man? Now think about this. They have two sons, right? Yeah. And both of them, their first name has UCLA in it. Caleb with a U, C A L U B. And then they have Lucas. Unbelievable. But Lucas also has USC in it. Is that right? My wife was horrified to realize that. Yes. And he was three months old at the time, so it yes. was little too, too late. Little, too little too late, exactly. So, so you can tell. I've never heard of anybody this. doing that. Yeah. But good for you there. Isaac. All right. So Isaac, anyway. All right, Isaac. Busy day in college football. We start with the Big 12 championship game. Number three, Oklahoma jumped out to a 17 to nothing lead over 11th ranked TCU, but the Horn Frogs came back with a touchdown and then TCU. 
TCU receiver John Diars came up with the catch of the day. First down at 10 of the 11-yard line. Fake the inside, give throw the fade, look at the corner. And it is... They were looking the way of DRs. Now we got another official popping in here, John. Hang on. Hang on. DRs catches the football here. Yeah. Was he out of bounds? The officials confer. We're watching a replay. He caught it with his right hand. John, this is going to be a catch, I think. It was Brian Estridge the call on WBAP. Oklahoma, though, came back with a Baker-Mayfield touchdown pass to Mark Andrews. Their second TD connection of the day. TCU then kicked a field goal just before halftime. So at the break, it's Oklahoma 24, TCU 17 of the Big 12 championship game. In the American Athletic Conference championship game, back and forth, number 14 Central Florida now is up 38 to 34 over number 20 Memphis. They have four minutes left to play in the third quarter. NFL Eagles receiver Alshon Jeffrey signed a four-year extension this morning through 2021 worth a reported $52 million with $27 million guaranteed. Finally, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reported that Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers participated in practice today, albeit briefly and not with the first team. Brady's former teammate has been out since breaking his collarbone in week six against the Vikings. Packers have lost four of six since, and at five and six are two games out of a playoff spot in the NFC, fellas. Well, thank you. I'm glad you mentioned Green Bay because I wanted to, uh, you know, veer off the road with our college football coverage for a moment here. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, To talk about your Packers after Brett Hundley's stunningly great performance. I mean... I mean, going against Pittsburgh the way they did, and especially when Pittsburgh took the lead, 28-21, figure the game's over, right? Pittsburgh's taking control. Yeah. And Brett Hundley, UCLA, went right down the field to tie it up. That's right. So now, have they turned the page in Green Bay? Is Brett Hundley now the quarterback? (laughs) And that Aaron Rodgers, what's happening there? I mean, but no, I mean, even if, I mean, that's what you would expect out of Aaron Rodgers. But something flipped the switch on Hundley because he he went from a a shutout, embarrassing performance. What did Green Bay do differently to suddenly make Hundley look good? Well, they kept talking about it in the, the broadcast. It was Collinsworth that was making a very subtle point, which I do believe helped him. And helped him with one thing, and that is keeping his eyes downfield. He talked about when Aaron goes to scramble, yeah, he generally steps up first instead of just breaking the contain and just starting to run. Right. And what stepping up does, it, it buys you an extra second in the pocket. Tom Brady does it all the time. And he, yeah, all the good quarterbacks do this. Yes. But it also forces you, or not forces, it gives you the best chance to keep your eyes downfield. Because yes. a lot of these young runners, Colin Kaepernick was doing this like crazy uh, more than anybody. Hunley was, uh, especially against the Ravens. What he would do is, if he got pressured, he would run, obviously, just break contain, and his eyes would go from trying to make a play downfield to the rushers. Right. What you can't do, you have to keep your eyes downfield and feel the rushers, because how else are you going to see if somebody gets open? And in the NFL, somebody only gets open for a tenth of a second, and then then they're not open anymore. You know who does that on the college level? Sam Darnold. No, Sam does a phenomenal job. That's why I Even love Even his eyes guy. down the field. That's why he's my number one guy All right. going this next year. Yes. But point is with yeah. uh, Hundley, that's what clicked for him. Yeah. Is he now started feeling the pressure, and he started feeling the pressure as he was looking at receivers downfield, and he was delivering nice balls, and guys were making plays for him. But, I, I mean, I, they're only still tapping into, like, 50% of what he could do. If they implemented an offense like the Texans did with Deshaun Watson, like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson, like the or yeah, do with Russell Wilson, like the Carolina Panthers do with Cam Newton, where you're running a legitimate college spread read option offense. I'll tell you what, 
You take that productivity, you add a little extra to it, and you'll see it more consistently because the NFL defenses have yet to figure out how to defend those kind All of right, offenses. All right, so can the Packers survive? So they've lost five of the last six games. they got a favorable schedule right, coming so up you next got, two weeks. These, these are the two games. Yeah. you you got Tampa at home, Battle of the Bays. By the way, the Packers are only a two-point favorite at home against Tampa. And then you're at the Browns against the winless Browns. Is that enough time to get... Rodgers back because the last three games are monsters. Yeah, at Carolina, Vikings at home, at the Lions. Well, what I and you said, pretty much have to run the table. Yeah, but these next two games are going to determine whether or not they bring him back or keep him on the right. Ends. So let's say you they win those split, games and you go to split. seven and six. Yeah, if, then he's coming back. But if they split these games, they no. go one on one. These next two ga- next two weeks, it's done. Right. So these two weeks are going to be vital if the if Aaron's going to come back or not. And what'll be good too? Well, this is it's sort of a dual benefit. Is most likely. If Hundley has turned the page, it helps the Packers in the offseason try to convince the team to trade for him. So, and that's really what they've been trying to do while Aaron has been either healthy or now out. They've always wanted to use him, sort of put him up on a pedestal to trade him off for assets as he's getting to that point in his career. And so now, you know, with things changing, not only is he going to help them put, it, them position in, put them in position to, to get in the playoffs, for Aaron to come back, but then also it's going to help his value on the trade market. The the other team I want to ask you about because their their fall has been a mystery. I mean, when you start a season five and zero like the Chiefs did, and you suddenly lose five out of six, and nothing seems to be working, you think, did they lose their quarterback? Did they lose their running back? Yeah, no they didn't lose anybody. Yeah, they've stayed healthy. So whatever worked so well early in the year is completely not working. And again, if you had a young coach, maybe he's, he's lost his way. Yeah, I think of Josh Reed. McDaniels. Yeah. This is Andy Reid. I mean, yeah. Andy Reid is a guy that gets to the playoffs every year. He knows how to manipulate 10 wins out of a season. Now, it's certainly not too late for the Chiefs. And they got everything still in their favor. They're at the Jets this weekend. The Jets, you know, had a nice little run going there for a while. But the bottom line is the Jets are not a good football team. The Chiefs are favored on the road. And if they get past that game, Brady, the Chiefs' next two games, home against the Raiders, home against the Chargers. Mm. I mean, that they basically control yeah, their own destiny. What is going on in Kansas City? I mean, it's not a, a, all on Alex Smith. I mean, there's there's it's schematic not. issues. They're not getting Tyreek is involved. Their defense isn't playing as dominantly. There's, but to me, well, how, should, how about the, your uh, Kareem Hunt, eleven carries, seventeen yards yeah, against Buffalo. He's, he slowed down. I don't know if that's because of the rookie wall or if they're you know offensive line just start moving guys. But it seems their offensive line is still p- performing relatively well compared to when he was a lot more productive. To me. You're at a point now where your your team needs an injection of energy. It needs something to wake them up. Yes, that's why you go to Mahomes. And I know really, yes, and and I know everybody says you don't do that because you're blaming Alex Smith. No, this isn't about who's blaming it. Is this is about you need to put the old you know shockers on your team, wake everybody up, and inject some energy into them. And your only option here is because if you keep going, oh, we're going to keep going with Alex Smith or keep doing the keep doing the same thing. It's the old saying: you're going to keep getting the same results. Is Andy so, Reid in trouble in Kansas City no, if this completely just, goes off the rails? No, because he just signed a monster new deal, and he's got a lot of control. Well, I'm not talking about so, from a job. I'm just talking about in, in just the fact that whatever magic, if you could call it that, he's had is, is out the window? No. I mean, if he stays with Alex still, Smith? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, they can still recover. I, I just look at it like the, the quickest way to get this thing turned around is you need to shock him awake. 
because they're capable. We've seen it already the first part of the, ha- the season, but also one thing that just popped in my head. You remember how we were talking about the Patriots being done? Oh, yeah. How dominant the Chiefs Well, especially their defense. Their defense, their defense was historically <laughs> bad early the, in the year. Like the Kansas City Chiefs yeah, are the best Bill example. Belichick. He's the best coach around. We know I that. know that, but it's just a good example of showing, like, things are always changing for good or for worse, and you always want to keep that arrow pointed up. But the point is, is, the arrow is not pointing up for the Chiefs, no. and you need something to shock everybody awake. Patrick Mahomes is the way to do that. How about what Buffalo did, though, with that Peterman oh prank? Because prank, What do you call it a prank for? It was a prank. I mean, you're throwing some kid, a JV quarterback <laughs> oh, out there, and he throws five picks and a half. You're right, though. But I mean, it seemed like something. You come back the this. very next week and get the win against the Chiefs with Tyrod Taylor. Oh, and, and the best part about McDermott is he doesn't even come out and say Tyrod's our starter. Right. He's like, oh, I'm too prideful to say that. My ego got crushed because I try to do something cool and, you know, evaluate the young guy. I got burned on it. So I got to say it's going to be week to week. No. McDermott, own up. Take your medicine. Tell everybody. Let everybody know that you made a huge misjudgment, that you made a mistake. You thought your guy, Peterman, was a little bit more further progressed and advanced than you thought he was. And uh, lo and behold, Tyrod played very well. He should be, I mean, it should be like a resounding, hey, he's our guy moving forward. He did phenomenal. We're hitching our wagon to him, and he's going to take us to where we need to get, which is in the playoffs. I mean, how big for Buffalo would it be to get in the playoffs? They have the biggest playoff drought yeah. of all NFL teams. Get they, in the playoffs. Stop messing around right now. You're right on the brink. I don't know what he's doing. Forget about the future. It's about the present. Well, right now, Buffalo is tied with the Ravens at six and five for what Ooh. would be the number six slot. And by the way, I like Tyrod. I've always been a fan of his. To me, it's about scheme fit. Right. Again, what the flip were these guys doing? I have Take this guy, put him in a read option offense, teach him how to slide and avoid big hits. You're going to see tremendous productivity out of him. I mean, he's already doing very well in a, well, in a what traditional I understand is set. Why would you be looking to the future if with five games left you control your own destiny to get to the playoffs? How stupid is that? You win out, you're in. I know. Isn't that the point? Isn't that like what, like what you're supposed <laughs> to be preparing for in the future I mean, is if to you, be where if you're you at right now? you tell any team with what five games I mean, to go that they outrageous. control their own destiny for the playoffs, you're like, oh, where do oh, I sign up? Yeah, I'm there. That's, that's where that's, we want to be. That's what we wanted to be. All right. Yeah. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We mentioned the fact that the college football playoff, bowl games, and yes, the Heisman race will be determined (laughs) today. Where does it stand with the Heisman? We're going to tell you coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, great news. Quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Geico Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance so Oklahoma is leading TCU 24-17 right now. And UCF has extended their lead over Memphis to 45-34. Close for Memphis, though. Mm. Broken up right there. Am I right Central Florida was winless just a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, Oklahoma just scored again. All right, this is looking good for Oklahoma right now as uh, – they are trying to secure their spot in the playoff. Nice. And also for Baker Mayfield as he tries to secure the Heisman Trophy. And it would appear now to be a foregone conclusion if indeed uh, Mayfield just threw his third touchdown pass of this game uh, that he will be a runaway winner. But I wanted to get to, without revealing my final vote, and I will vote tomorrow, and as I showed you on my ballot, my password 
is a more complicated <laughs> code than like for nuclear weapons. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's is, I mean, is like crazy. Ten digits. There's With no rhyme symbols, or reason to it. Yeah, yeah lowercase. I mean, it's like I, I have to look at it carefully to get my vote in. You better tomorrow. Copy, you copy and paste that. You're so the way it works with the uh, Heisman Trophy is the votes are due midday Monday. And because everything's done online, instantaneously they'll have the vote. And then based on how the vote breaks down, they will determine who gets a trip to New York City. There's no set amount of players. Like two years ago, you had Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and Deshaun Watson were clearly one, two, three. So only three guys went. Last year, you had Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson to clear one, two, but then three, four, five was a little jumbled. Yeah. So Baker Mayfield. D.D. Westbrook and Jabril Peppers all got invites. So people are like, well, you know, like he deserves to be there, whoever their guy is. It, it has it's nothing to do with it. It's based, based the on the vote, yeah, where the vote you. breaks down. So I'm looking at Bleacher Report. They put out a top 10 going into this week on where they stand. Now, again, not 10 guys, but I, I'm just curious. because is their own thing or do they got some information of where people well, are sort of leaning right now? This was It's a national poll. That's why I'm oh, interested. Okay, okay, it sort of gives okay. you a little national perspective. I got you. All and right? this is from random people, right? This is people who work for Bleacher Report. Okay. This is, these okay. are the football guys at so Bleacher Report. Some people yeah, that these are the people that and... follow college football okay. around the country. All right? So I'm looking at this list. And it was very interesting from a national perspective. So obviously you have Mayfield on this list. They got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Number two on their list. Fascinating. They, had Bryce, well. they had Bryce Love, the running back at Stanford, you know, number three. Is Lamar's played well this year. He's actually had better statistics in a lot of respects than Absolutely. last year. Yes. He just hasn't had the national headlines. Correct. But then so. I looked at who they had. They had uh, Saquon Barkley at, like, number four. And I'm like, Saquon Barkley is 34th in the nation in rushing. He's gotten, he's gotten shut down a lot, too. By yes, uh, under 100 yards in eight of his 12 games this year. Then you have the carry-on kid at Auburn. He was suddenly on the list. And you've got Jonathan Taylor, the freshman running back at Wisconsin. I keep looking down the list. I go, is Rashad Penny anywhere on this list? <laughs> and there he was at number eight. Rashad Penny, San Diego State. If you do not know who this kid is, he's he leads the nation in rushing, leads the nation in all-purpose yards, second in the nation in scoring, seventh in the nation in kickoff returns, averaging 30.6 yards a kickoff return. And by the way, he's returned one punt this year, the only punt return of his entire career. He's a senior, and he ran it back 70 yards for a touchdown. Pretty good. So their last game, which was against, I think, New Mexico, uh, Randy Cross was doing the broadcast of the game. And uh-huh. he's saying, look, this guy is legit, is legit and oh, yeah. he's on my Heisman ballot. He said it on, on this broadcast. I got you. 225, 226-pound back, 5'11", with 4'5", legit 4'5", speed. Now, I don't base a Heisman vote on, you know, what are they going to do in the NFL. Yeah. yeah That's not the way it works. It's not how question is, who is the best college football player in 2017? Let me ask you this. Yeah. When you look at a group of five guys, this is Mackenzie Milton, the kid that's led Central Florida to this uh, sure. undefeated record this year. When it says best college football player in the country, that's all it says. Should a group of five player, even a division two or division three player, be on the outside looking in? Do you think they should be awarded exclusively for the Power Five schools? No, you should consider everybody. But what's unfortunate is those that are voting have a very difficult time Mm -hmm. of being able to quantify what they're seeing. If you have somebody in a between quotations group five uh, program or right. you know off in the FCS, 
Sure. To to be able to say that guy's the best one, you know, and it's the easy kind of no brain mentality is, well, let's go to what we believe is the most competitive arena, which is the FBS power fives. Yes. And let's pick who we think is the best out of those guys. And so to me, it's just all it's, it's all about uh, just going the easy way because it's very hard to do. You have to know football in a very detailed level. And, you, and again, like you had mentioned, you got to be able to take out, okay, how does this game project to the NFL? Because most times when you're evaluating talent, that's what you're doing, is you're trying to figure out, does this, does this, does this go to the highest level? So to me, it's, a, it's, it's more of a lack of evaluation skills than anything. Well, I mean, I'll look at it this way. Rashad Penny and San Diego State played Stanford week three, and in that game he had 32 carries for 175 yards. Mm-hmm. He also had 31 yards in receiving, so he had over 200 all-purpose yards against Stanford, who just played yesterday in a very competitive Pac-12 championship game. They had these two hiccups at home. Boise State and Fresno State. And by the way, San Diego State suffered from the same dilemma that USC did. They had no buys. When, you're, when, you, when you don't have any buys for these, when it's you have tough. to play 10, 11 weeks in a row. It's tough. And you don't get that week off at any point. Oh, what a Saturday it has been, and so much more to come. Fox Football Saturday. Harbin and Pabinga coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 50 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Remind me again, never to get into heated Heisman talk going to the top of the hour. Danny, <laughs> save me there. Save me. Thanks, Danny. Way to be. Way to be. Uh, it's the one subject matter that once I get rolling, I can't be stopped. By the way, this uh, Memphis-Central Florida game uh, is unbelievable. And remember this about Central Florida. Two years ago, they were 0-12. Terrible. 0-12, and and two years later, Scott Frost is this close to getting him to 12-0. And And what's what's Scott Frost's record there? He's been the last year. Well, last last year, he took two years. So he took over an 0-12 team. And they won what? And they were 6-7 last year. They were 6-6, and and then they lost their bowl game. And this year, they're 12-0. I mean, So when you take over an 0-12 team, and in two years, you're nine minutes away from 12-0. And And by the way, Oklahoma has just scored again. I I, I don't want to overstate the inevitable, but I think it's inevitable now that Baker Mayfield has wrapped up the Heisman Trophy. Oh, yeah, he just threw a sweet old pass on a simple go route, and he did a nice job. The receiver created some separation on the sideline, and then mm-hmm. a, and the quarterback threw it. So there's a cushion on the sideline, defenders inside, so the sideline's open, and Mayfield threw it over towards the sideline. This will never happen in the NFL, by the way. Right. It's, it's a complete breakdown. Yes. And the receiver did a nice job of uh, adjusting the ball and uh, walking into the end zone. But uh, I'm with you. Baker's the guy. Baker will win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks and their projection to the NFL. And I don't want to get into another big Sam Darnold, Sam Ro- uh, Josh Rosen situation. Cause Why? Well, because they're 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 different type of quarterbacks, and it's really a dependent on what you're looking for. We know that Sam Darnold has proven at USC, and he did it again last night against Stanford, that his ability to extend plays, keep his highs downfield, and make plays at critical times is unmatched. I mean, yeah, he really is problem. the guy that yeah, sets I'm himself away. But Josh you. Rosen has his fans because yeah. there are still people that believe that the best way to win the NFL is to have a pocket passer 
that understands the dynamics of pocket passing. Josh Rosen can run. He doesn't do it as well as Darnold does, but he has the ability to create space and buy time. And there are people that just think that Josh Rosen has more weapons in his arsenal throwing the football than Sam Darnold has. I just want to know this. Who's been, like, there's been numerous comps of guys like Darnold that have gone on to be successful. I mean, I would say the closest one recently would be Wentz. You know, a kind of yes. strong guy to build in the pocket. But who's winning Super Bowls? Who's winning Super Bowls? Okay. Brady, whoa, 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 Manning, whoa, whoa. Flacco. It's not even close. You can't compare him to, to Tom Brady. Tom Brady was far more successful coming out of college than Josh Rosen. Plus, Tom Brady had time to sit on the bench. And, and, John, and Tom, Tom Brady, Brady was, was a six-round pick. Six-round pick. Rosen I mean, could, could be the first So pick. that's not a comp. That's, not right. a, that's my whole point. When have we had a guy that's come out of college that has the skill set of Rosen, so he's got a lot of hype. Didn't have a winning record. I think his his overall record when he played was fifty. Well, I'll tell you, one guy was Jeff George. Jeff George, way back in Hold the on. day. Hold on, a, that would end up being successful. It wasn't Six, successful. That's what I mean. You, yes. we, can we bring up like that's right? That's to me the ultimate test. Show me somebody that has his makeup resume that's gone on I'll to be successful who, in the his, NFL. And his name was John Elway. John Elway, that. No, no, John no, Elway that played four years at Stanford, the and they didn't make it to a single bowl game. The problem with that, though, is UCLA is far more talented relatively. Now, I'm not trying to compare the two errors, but relatively. John Elway won nothing in college. That's because he had no help around him. He only but he was Stanford John Elway. Because, but it doesn't matter. It Rosen doesn't has, matter? Yeah. Rosen has four more weapons around him and more talent that John Elway could have but ever jumped about. But is Josh Rosen the reason they went 6-6, six and six, or how about a defense that gave up 300 yards rushing a game? Well, I'll tell you that. When you watch the USC game, yeah, he's the reason why they went 6-6, six and six, because he is inconsistent the whole time. He threw for over 400 yards in that game. Did you see the two huge turnovers in the red zone? Okay, so he's forcing things because he realizes he the defense can't anything. stop anything. He didn't force anything. I'm going to break down that interception for you. What happened was, yes. one interception, he tries to move the safety with his eyes. But guess what? You could, that only works in one coverage. That That's was called, a really bad pass. Listen to this. No, 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 no. He was assumptive. It only works in one coverage to move one safety, and that's in cover one. What USC did to them, did to, to Rosen, is he tricked them. Rosen went in there thinking, oh, they're going to run cover one, there are three, whatever, the single safety in the middle of the field. I am going to move him with my eyes. So he gets back there, goes on his drop, and looks off because he knows he's going to the left. He knows he has a post route coming from the left side of the formation. And he's like, ooh, I'm going to look him off to the right. All right, he's moving without even realizing that it wasn't cover one. It was actually a, a double high safety defense. And guess what? When you're moving a a, a, a a safety, you know what the other indicator is to to confirm that, yes, this is a single high safety? You know what it is? It's called leverage. You ever heard of that in a coverage term? Yes, leverage where, in the coverage term. It's yes. where the defender is. <laughs> if it's a single high safety defense. Yeah, but he's a college this. kid. Isn't this, this is something? Easy. Let, let's go. Let's this go. is football 101. You, you know who I blame Josh Rosen's Listen to this. enamored is, Listen is to your this. guy, Brett Favre. Listen to this. Brett no, 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 Favre no, 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 is the guy oh, that created. No, 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 absolutely. No, you can't even compare he, these Because he was a gunslinger, could make a lot of throws. Rosen doesn't even have that kind of arm strength. What did Brett Favre ever do in college? He was phenomenal. Look at his records. He was phenomenal. I don't remember him on any All-American list. Other than getting into a serious car accident, which dropped him out of the first round, right. he was a phenomenal franchise. When the Packers prospect. used a first-round pick on a former second-round pick who was 0-5 passing as a rookie of the Falcons, well, everybody thought Ron Wolf had lost his mind. And he didn't. But the point is, is that if you're Rosen, yeah. and if you're telling me you can't decipher if it's a single-high defense versus a double-high defense, you got some major problems because you're not doing your work. 
You're not looking at the indicators. It's simple. To confirm it's a single high coverage defense, all the defenders are trying to funnel the guys that they're covering yeah. to that single receiver. So you got two indicators that you need to process. The single high guy and then everybody on the under undercover to confirm that. And he didn't even look at those two things. This is stuff that, I mean, anybody right, knows. Let's get Rosen and Arn. So Rosen, I'm I want to sick of Rosen. Stop uh, talking about him. And whoever right, drafts him well, high, I'm telling you, if, unless he, they're he's going to be the number smart, one pick. Yeah. Unless they're smart. Yeah. And we're just, and he's a smart. Oh, by the way, did you see what Darnold said this week? He goes, I never said I wouldn't play in Cleveland. Boom. Did you see what he said this week? I didn't see I that. never said I wouldn't play in Cleveland. Where did that come from? He's going to be the first overall. All right. So the Giants then will end up with uh, Josh Rosen, number three. All right. Let's get back and to Baker Mayfield. changes will be a bust. All right. So Baker Mayfield is going to win the Heisman Trophy. He has four touchdown passes today. And I take Baker Mayfield over Rosen any day. Okay. So let's talk about Baker Mayfield. Let me, let me, let me throw two teams at you that need a quarterback of the okay. future that will be drafting mid- to later in the first round. All right. The Chargers and the Saints. Okay, you got Drew Brees and you got Phillip Rivers, right? Ooh, I'm not I'm not doing anything with Drew Brees. So you're not drafting a quarterback in the oh, first round? No. Not unless I have a like an unbelievable guy that I, I graded like in the top ten. Well, I'm, I'm throwing say, I'm throwing make Baker Mayfield at you. He's not my guy. Uh, no, I, I love Baker Mayfield. Well, I'm talking about not talking. To, if he's you, the guy. Would you draft him? Would, would you draft him at number twenty? No, I wouldn't even draft Baker Mayfield. Until, I wouldn't even start to think about him until like okay. Well, he's going to be gone. We're splitting hairs here. Right, right now, people 25. are saying there's going to be six quarterbacks taken in this. And draft. I'm good with that. I would be first good. round. I, I don't believe he's a can't miss guy. I'm telling you, like I would not. Would you rather be, have Lamar Jackson? Yes. Okay. Well, so I would uh, take him over. I would take him over Baker Mayfield. I would take him uh, over Rosen. I, I would not take him over. By the way, so your I good friend, two. Nick Hardwick, the former Chargers yeah. center, I did this the other day talking about the fact that, you know, the Chargers winning a couple of games. Now they're losing some prime real estate as far as the draft is concerned. They need to draft, address the quarterback of the future. And I said, Lamar Jackson, he goes, Lamar Jackson, take Baker Mayfield. All right, so let's. Why? Why would you say right, that? So, well, I'm asking Lamar's you right a now. Far better player than so Baker, you're Baker on the board Mayfield right is. now. You got back to back Heisman Trophy winners, Lamar Jackson oh, and Baker Mayfield. Lamar's my guy, and I'm not even. Why hesitating. are you taking Lamar Jackson over Baker Mayfield? Because Lamar is far more explosive running. Yes, and I'm going to implement some running. Mayfield. The next run. thing is is his arm talent is yes. far more livelier than Baker. The thing I have not seen out of Baker Mayfield is how he works in the pocket. At his height, you have to be able to throw it through gaps. You well, look at his numbers. He leads the nation in passing efficiency. Well, the thing is, he works out of a shotgun, right. and he moves the pocket a lot. So right. he's not having to sit in the pocket and, and right. find those gaps like Drew Brees does masterfully, Russell Wilson the same Remember way. Remember Doug Flutie, how he could sit in the pocket Doug and actually was, make it happen? Yeah, it's because he understood how to all fit right. together the, yeah. when the receiver yeah. hits the certain window Amazing. out of the gap. And so, I mean, these guys could do it. I just have so so when you're starting to evaluate guys, I got to go off of what I've seen. So if I you're the project, Chargers or Saints, and let's say you're sitting at number twenty in the draft, the, Lamar, Lamar, if he's and there, Lamar Jackson is there, you take him as the quarterback well, of your future. That depend like if I'm the Saints, that would depend on who else is available because I don't look at Drew Brees as a guy I'm immediately going to need to replace in the next two to three years. He's a guy that could play for another five years. So if there's some good defensive, like they they need some defensive backup, right. especially defensive backup. How about the Chargers? Would you take a quarterback? Oh, there's they should have took a quarterback this last. Well, they year. had Deshaun Watson waiting the for them. The problem is, passed. is they have a mental midget as a quarterback. 
who would probably cry himself to sleep weeks after wow. weeks if they went and drafted a quarterback because he's so weak-minded, so entitled. He thinks that they just need to roll out a red carpet for him and his boy Eli Manning for when he retires. He said it was go pathetic and, what, what the Giants need, did. Exactly. Pathetic. What they need to do is they need to have all the offensive line around. You know those little Cleopatra. You remember Cleopatra where they, sure, they absolutely. carry around yeah, like on yeah, a throne? Yeah. He thinks that his last game with the Chargers, when mm-hmm. he finally says, on my terms, on my I get terms, to retire. Yes. Yeah. I don't care what anybody else thinks. He wants the offensive lineman to carry him off the field on a Cleopatra. You heard what I heard thing. when he said I mean, that Eli he Manning so said was pathetic. He's Basically, a, he was telling the Chargers, don't do that to exactly. me. Exactly. That's exactly don't what Don't even doing. think about doing I mean, that to me. These guys are so out of this world. They're so out of touch. The yep. fact that you've had the opportunity to play football, make millions of dollars, you know what? And by that the way, doesn't all of a sudden entitle you to think that you're not subject to a team making a business decision. They don't care about your emotions. They never have. And who cares? 99.9% of us guys, you know what? It's a business. You're going to be let go. And uh, we all do. Even the great ones like Favre, they're told, uh, we're going we're gonna to let you go. See you later. Stop crying and whining and act like a, a grown man. I mean, he's acting like a little child. Like, oh, don't do that to me. No, you can't do that. To- they can do whatever they want. It's when, a team. when you get the uh, impression no, that you're else. irreplaceable, anybody is irreplaceable. irreplaceable. I mean, nobody is irreplaceable. It's amazing, you know, all of us, we come, we go. Yeah. And yet the world goes on. It's amazing. Exactly. And, yeah. and and some of some of these guys just can't imagine themselves yeah. with the world actually moving on. How <laughs> egotistical is that? I mean, Our, you act like the whole world revolves around you. I mean, this, this is like little childs. That's what that's what blows your mind blows my mind about Phil Rivers. I I would have drafted a guy now. Well, they had Deshaun Watson sitting right there. They took they Mike Williams, who, by the way, has nine catches for 84 yards they and basically took is out. Deshaun Watson. Could go down as one in. of the worst and guess picks what? ever. You know what? The competitor to Phillip Rivers, you know what yeah. he'd have done? He'd have played a couple notches better than he is already this year. Well, that's what they said about Alex Smith early this year, but all of a sudden Alex Smith is not playing at that level with Patrick believe- Mahomes. Yeah, but I don't believe he feels threatened right now. Because Andy Reid has publicly said. Exactly. Alex Smith's my guy. Which he can't do. He's undermining the very reason why you bop. Andy Reid is off the rails right now. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Much more on this huge college football Saturday coming up next. It's you. Ivan and Papinga. By the way, love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas. By going to FoxSportsRadio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Final seconds are going off the clock as Florida Atlantic uh, has got a victory against North Texas. We mentioned this because the Florida Atlantic coach is one... Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin is saying, why is my name with like half the SEC jobs available this year? Why is my name not in the conversation? Was I not the guy who was the architect of the big national championship for Alabama a couple of years ago? Wasn't I the key to the revival of Alabama football, I mean, I'm not. I'm saying this facetiously. Um, <laughs> he was. Am I not the greatest mind in college football? Uh, so, Florida Atlantic. Uh, let's see. This year, their record is. He's done pretty good. They uh, they he took over a team that went three and nine three consecutive years, 
and he wins the Conference USA title with a 10-3 and record. So, completely turned around Florida Atlantic. Wow. And the question is, why is his name not being mentioned Called with Bernard- all these multitude of Power 5 schools looking for coaches? Called Burning Bridges, my man. He's burned too many bridges. The way that he left Oakland, the way that he left Tennessee. I mean, the way was, that he was fired on the tarmac well, at that USC. Wasn't his fault, you no. know, it was just sort of you know Patton yeah. Hayden being a punk there, right? But the bottom line is, is you do that enough, I mean, people are just going to be sick of your deal. I mean, and they're just sick of them. I mean, and, and it's it, it's the it's a Colin Kaepernick situation, Tip Tebow situation. The tolerance doesn't match the talent, even though he's tremendously talented. Yes. People just don't want to tolerate him, you know. And so that's what it comes down to. And so he's going to do well. I mean, if I was him, I know, you know, egotistically wise, he's going to want to be in these big programs, making $100 million a year, whatever they're making, and, uh, you know, be in the national spotlight, be in the conversation for the national championship. By the way, Florida Atlantic is located in Boca place. Raton. Boca I mean, Raton. Yeah, it's a heck of a place to be. He's getting paid millions of dollars still with his family. Yes. I mean, I don't know why these guys do it. I just don't. I know it's a disease sometimes. It's fame and the ego getting fed, all that kind of stuff. But why not just be good with it? Go with it. And if, yeah, but if I you mean, don't have another opportunity, but then if, fine. If, if, if you've been on the biggest stage, as he has coaching at schools like Tennessee, remember he was the guy that Philip Fulmer basically couldn't wait get rid of Fulmer. Yeah. We need Lane Kiffin. Lane didn't do much. He'd done the NFL thing with the Raiders. That was a disaster. Al Davis refused to pay him. Then he went to USC. Suddenly he had good success at USC. People forget he did good things at USC. Yeah, he did. And then it went off the rails, and then yeah. he gets fired on the tarmac. He goes to Alabama which everyone was like, what? I mean, why would Nick Saban bring this guy in? But you have to admit, he did a pretty good job with that Alabama offense. Yeah. They haven't been as good since, by the way, that Alabama offense. Uh, I thought they did good with Sarkeesian. Nah, not that good. He's, uh, what? Are you kidding me? What? You don't think Sarkeesian <laughs> did very well when he took over? No. They, didn't they lose to Clemson in the championship game? They scored a lot of points. That wasn't because of Oh, jeez. Now all of a sudden you're a uh, Sarkeesian fan as he turned Atlanta around. He's, now that the fair comes out. He's BYU guy, man. What do you want? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but there he is, Lane Kiffin, right there being interviewed post-game. Look at him. Took He's after. so pumped. Yeah. They got to ask him the question. First so how 10 win season as an FBS school. That's right. How do you? How's it feel that you're not in any of the, the, the positions I mean, to be in these conversations? there's still a lot of jobs available <laughs> out there. I mean, let, let's forget. How about How about Oregon? I mean, is Oregon happy with their direction right now? They got rid of Helfrich. How that first year well, worked? The funny thing is, is there also this the coach up in Oregon's looking like he's getting some attention from different places also. Yes. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Oregon's turned it around. You know, I mean, I, Willie Taggart is, I don't think is, Willie is he Taggart's, the answer? No, I don't think he's done like tremendous work up there. Like I was telling Mark Helfrich a couple weeks ago, what he what Taggart's doing right now, Helfrich could have easily done the. the Without even, like, breaking a sweat. I mean, this isn't like Willie Taggart's. It wasn't like all of a sudden Oregon was broken. It's like you right. needed a year to get some experience and some key positions, and things would have ticked back up for you. But for whatever reason, they were so quick to get rid of Helfrich. I didn't, I didn't get that one. You know, so. where you had uh, earlier today, uh, Alex Marvez had uh, quite a shocking story that Gus Miles on. I am. Was sitting there at Auburn, you know, maybe. And they're win, doing well. Who knows? Could win a national championship or a playoff this year. But it makes and sense. leave for the Arkansas job? What would sense. Arkansas have to offer? I mean, come Cash. on. Cash. Well, I understand that. All right, the bar's <laughs> been set with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Ten years, $75 million, all guaranteed, which is the richest contract ever. 
Yeah, it's I more mean, guaranteed money than Saban has right now. Yeah, and I mean that's that's all it's going to take. Something that I don't know if he'd get the same, but something in that ballpark you're going to get any coach you want. Does this give you an idea? And I I heard I was listening to another show yeah. and they said something when I first heard it. I was like, come on! But then I I had to stop and think about it. What's that? When you when you think about the amount of money being poured into these schools, I'm gonna, let, let's take UCLA for instance. Sure. Um, you know they had to pay twelve million dollars for Jim Moore to walk. Uh-huh. They just signed a two hundred and eighty million dollar deal with Under Armour. Two hundred just for the football program. Or well, no, the whole, it's the, for the school, the whole athletic program. Two hundred eighty million dollar infusion from Under Armour just to UCLA, right? Yeah. It's so big. when you when you big think count. about the money that's pouring into these schools, because what this person was saying is these guys are underpaid. When you when you talk about eleven million for Saban or nine million for. Dabo Sweeney or a seven million dollar for Jimbo Fisher, seven million for Jim Harbaugh. These guys, four, five, six million dollars. They're actually underpaid. Yeah. When you think about how much, hundreds of millions of dollars pouring into these universities, but like like uh, Alex talked about too, which I thought was an excellent point, was just even like admitting the admissions all of a sudden because if the demand Everything, rises it puts you on the map yeah, where the, is the, alabama without football exactly i mean think about it if if the demands for people wanting to get into university and they have so many spots you raise the tuition which again comes from having that program so if you have a coach the, that is successful the attraction yeah i mean the, the, you can't even put a price tag it's on hard that. to i mean you could you got to break down some new you got to you got to have some you, you basically got to hire a staff just to break down how, like all the but the, the fact e- that economic like arkansas, impact of it arkansas is the poorest state in the united states yeah of the 50 states the I thought poorest it was mississippi but. well it's, it's they're neck and neck right right but there. i i've heard at times I, when bill clinton was you know oh, governor okay. they used to say this arkansas was the poorest state like he was making less money than any governor in the country at, mm. at one point so that a, that a state like Arkansas is suddenly ready to throw out to Gus Malzahn a contract that even goes beyond what Jimbo well, Fisher gets. It sounds like it's not the states anymore jumping in. They just give whatever you know they're going to give. But that shows how much money is going into that university. Yeah, but it's being part boosters. of that SEC. The boosters are popping in there saying, "Hey, man, we want." Like, I mean, Alex hit the nail on the head. You get these loyal fans, and all they care about is to get man. that high of seeing their team win compete for and be in the conversation for national champions, for some reason that drug, I'm going to call it a drug because it's addictive, and I mean, people are going through crazy measures to to have it accomplished. Uh, man, you might as well, if, if you got billions of dollars, you know, instead I of donating it to the you university. You sure you saying, don't want to get into coaching? I've already said I don't. There's a lot of money out there, oh, man. Oh, there is. I, yeah. There's a lot there of money. There is, but it's. I do. I, I just want to do what I love to do. I mean, what's wrong with that? I understand that. It's not, it's not, it's not out about I wanna, money all the time. I don't want to flip and go I recruiting and I, have to like schmooze up to these young kids but, that are so spoiled and entitled. But, but I mean, when, it's unbelievable. But when, I have some when, kids when your wife listen to this. sees that paycheck, listen I mean, to this. it's like, wow, hello. Well, she can she can be – my wife's pretty resourceful as I it is. I understand, but – But I was going to say this. I mean, the thing that blows me away into today's recruit yeah. is I know kids that if they don't get contacted by a school for like a week – yeah. But they're like so, some of the top. I mean, they've gotten scholarship offers from thirty schools, thirty, and they don't hear from a school from a week. You know what happens? Mm. They start getting worried and crying I, because their I buddy understand. just got a news. I'm understand. just like, who are you? You got thirty scholarship offers. This is outrageous. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's bring in Isaac right now. Uh, we got a really boring game right now going on in this AAC championship game. <laughs> 
only 96 total points. 127 left to play in the fourth quarter in Orlando in the American Athletic Conference title game. Number 14, Central Florida, which came in undefeated, and 20th-ranked Memphis all tied at 48 apiece. Again, 118 left in the fourth quarter, and Memphis has the ball in Central Florida territory. But because of a penalty, they've spotted the ball back at the 33-yard line, still in long field goal range. And welcome to college football and sports and life in 2017. As the game is still going on with Central Florida, college football insider and current free agent, for reasons passing understanding, Brett McMurphy just reporting that Central Florida head coach Scott Frost has agreed to a seven-year $35 million deal to become the head coach at Nebraska over in the Big 12 championship game. Between third-ranked Oklahoma and number 11 TCU, it's been all sooner since halftime. Baker, play action, straight drop, looking deep, throws it deep down the right sideline, looking for Hollywood, he's got it, on the run, 10-5, it's a touchdown! Oh, mama! <laughs> Baker Mayfield to Marquise Brown, 52 yards! And the Sooners lead at 37-17 in Arlington. Toby rolling the call on KOMA as the Sooners are up 41-17 to over TCU in the final minute of the third quarter. They've outscored the Horned Frogs 17-0 since halftime. And a couple of NFL items. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reporting today. The Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers returned to participate in practice today, albeit briefly and not with the first team. Nonetheless, Rodgers has been out since breaking his collarbone in mid-October. And finally this morning, the Philadelphia Eagles signed standout receiver Alshon Jeffrey to a four-year extension through 2021 worth a reported $52 million with $27 million guaranteed. Memphis, by the way, going back to the AAC title game, has a third down and 14 right now with 39 seconds left in the fourth quarter and the ball at the Central Florida 29. They remain tied at 48, guys. All right, Isaac, thanks so much. Yeah, we're watching that game right now. So 39 seconds left, third and 14. Mm. Memphis trying to get in position for they already, a, But they already are in field goal position right now. So That's a 46-yarder. I don't know how good yeah. their kicker is, but uh, here we go. Third and 14. And, don't take uh, a sack. Thank ooh, you. Man, he threw it away. So, all right. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, basically the quarterback was pressured. He was rolling out to the left. It looked literally like he's going to take a sack. That's the worst thing you could do, especially yeah. with the team in field goal position, as the Atlanta Falcons learned last year right. well, against had, the New England Patriots. He had to get out of the uh, – But it was a very heads-up play by him to yeah. get it out of bounds, and, yeah. and he threw the ball into the vicinity of a receiver, so it wasn't intentional. Remember, though, it has to go beyond the line of scrimmage. Unless there's a receiver there, though, remember? If there's was no there a receiver rec- there? There was. Yeah, right. if there is no receiver, then it does. Yeah. But if there isn't, it's like throwing a screen pass like at the feet of a receipt, you know, like a running back or whatever if the play's broken. All right, so, so we are... Uh, there it is, Riley Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so it's going to be a 46-yard field goal attempt. There's 33 seconds. This is, again, for the AAC Championship. Central Florida undefeated. And he blocked it! The kick is blocked, and they're returning the kick. So they got the ball to about the 45-yard line. Plus, there was a delay of game. What was going on there? Why would Memphis send out their field goal? You know they have a timeout? They they well, got three timeouts. Well, now there's time for Central Florida to get into field goal but position. did you see that? I did there see that. There was a delay of game, and your coach has got to be on it. But the, the question timeout. is, if there was a delay of game, that's a dead ball. 
Yeah, I don't. Know. And the field, if there's I a delay they, a game, there's a dead been, ball. Exactly. I'm That's not so, a refusable penalty. I'm so confused right now. All right. It, so right now the officials I mean, are gathering because if there's a delay a game, then there's no field goal attempt. There's an automatic five yard. It is penalty. It's delay a game. So they're going to retry the field goal. Oh, so the block didn't even count. But how no. stupid for Memphis because you got to call. You got to tap. You got three timeouts. Yeah. Tap one of those suckers. All right, so the kick cost. was blocked, and yeah. it would have. Uh, oh my goodness! So Memphis is going to get another shot at this the field goal. This is unbelievable. Goal. The refs blew it. So this will be now a fifty-one yard attempt. That well, last one was blocked. So yeah. we'll see here. So Memphis will get a second shot. Well, the Memphis head coach blew it. He, he cost his team five yards. Let's see if this ends up. His right, kicker well, can save a second him. Right chance. Now. His they kicker can save chance. him. Yeah. All right. So he could save him. By the way, just a little follow up on the uh, Scott Frost story. All right. Well, let's wait for this field goal attempt. All right. So oh, no, fifty-one this is, this yards. Is, this is the previous. This is the replay. Yeah, All right, so uh, an update on the Scott Frost signing, which is now official in Nebraska, $5 million a year, five years, seven, million, uh, seven years, $35 million, $5 million a year. All right, now we got the uh, – I'll get back to that. Here we go. 51-yard field goal attempt for Memphis, 33 seconds left. The kick is up. It's away. It's hooked. Not, Not even, even close. close. Yeah. All right, so – and by the way, that means Central Florida takes over at the 34-yard line. Yeah, they're right. So in you got twenty-eight to... seconds. You need about forty yards. yards, thirty, forty yards. No, because you're right at the. Uh, Do you even take a chance of your Central line. Florida? Twenty yards. Do you just run out the clock and say, "Let's go to overtime"? What do you think? What oh no, would you do? I'm going to set up. A, I'm going to do one of my vintage. You got one timeout left. How about a hook and lateral? <laughs> yeah, no, it's too much going on there. You might fumble the ball. All right. What I would do is just work the sidelines. You know, work the sidelines, get out of bounds because you need that extra timeout. Hopefully. You know, if you can get into field goal range to set up your extra or your field goal team. All right, here we go. So McKenzie uh, is out there, and he is going to throw the ball, and he's looking down the field, and there's a hold. Got to take it. Yeah, game's over. There, the flag went down. There was a hold. All right, yeah, but also too, like follow. you have to have a little kind of clock going on your head at these seconds to where right. If it's not, oh, there happening, was no get it out of bounds. No, no penalty. All right, so uh, Scott Frost. Yeah. Nebraska. Finally got their guy, huh? Yeah, they got their guy, Scott Frost. But how about this? Bo Pelini, yeah. who was fired and replaced by Mike Riley. Don't tell me he's going to be a Nebraska is still playing Pelini and Riley, a combined $4.17 million over the next 14 months. Oh, that's not bad. So, that is intercepted? No. Ball hit the ground? What happened there? I don't know. I thought he intercepted the pass. They're looking around right now. And, and they pair- got still three timeouts left. Yeah, they got the ball back. Memphis got the ball back near midfield. 14 seconds left to go. You got three timeouts left if you're Memphis. This is doable. Oh, my the, the, gosh. Well, this is why I asked you what about terrible- why if you are Central Florida, just let the clock run out and go to overtime. I'm with you, but you work this. I don't know what they're throwing the ball in the middle of the field for. That was just disastrous. So now, all of a sudden, Memphis has another chance here. Again, it's tied at 48. There are 14 seconds left. I don't And you say they have three timeouts left? Yeah, Memphis has three timeouts left. So they could... So that is the third I mean, interception run, by I mean, Mackenzie Milton in this game for Central Florida. Play, you got at least two plays, if they're quick enough, to get into field goal range, tap a timeout, Trot your field goal team out there, kick the winning field goal. All right, here we go. Ferguson back to pass, and, and he is sacked. Sack. And this that is, is, this is the game. All right. All right. They uh, are letting the clock to, run. Yeah, time to go to overtime. All right, That's so all. we're going to overtime. Tied at 48. Uh, again, Ferguson in this game, 439 yards passing. Milton has 484. 
uh, for Central Florida. It's going to be interesting, man. They're already at 48-48, plus with a bunch of overtimes. Defenses are struggling. This might mm-hmm. go up to like 70 points apiece. How about this? Total yards in the game. <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> Central it. Florida oh has 691. Gosh. Not good enough. Memphis, even with a sack, <laughs> 708. Unbelievable. 1,400 yards wow. in total offense. And get this. Both teams have 29 first downs. I mean, this Jeez. game could not be any more terrible for a defense. What are you saying? Unbelievable. That is bad. All right, so 48. And realize this. You, you talk about uh, statistical anomalies. I mean, if this were to go to like three or four overtimes, and suddenly you. you're like 70 to, oh, I you love know, it. Like, what's, the, what's the total? I wonder what the total score, uh, mm. the highest total score. I think it just happened. I don't know. I, I, I could almost see this game breaking that. I could see this going 70 to 70. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd so, be 72, 72 or whatever that would be. Absolute crazy stuff. All right, so the big story that's coming out of this Central Florida game, obviously, as they try to uh, continue their undefeated season is that their coach, Scott Frost, is gone uh, two years after taking over an 0-12 program and doing a phenomenal job. He's awesome. He is signed, sealed, and delivered to Nebraska. Look I know you're a huge out. Scott Frost oh, fan. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this. Still, it's the Big Ten, and Nebraska has had difficulties you know, getting to that next level. We remember their dominance of the Big yeah, A. We remember the dominance that was Nebraska football. Hey, That's what they're expecting in Lincoln. They, they'll get it, too. They want it to be a top-ten team they'll be again. Contenders. They'll be contenders because it's not like all of a sudden those same kind of players that they used to get that were on their contending teams are no longer going. Well, what kind of offense is Scott Frost going to run? Exactly what he's running now. It's a high. It's, I would imagine this is what Chip Kelly's going to run, too, by the way. When he's saying the kind of offense, yeah. it's, a, it's a combo offense of that fast spread Mm-hmm. mixed with power football concepts of pulling guards, bringing in like a fullback-type body, a H-back kind of guy, and uh, and then varying the speed depending on you know the situation of the game and ultimately like what's your defense that you're facing, what are they struggling with. It's it's a great offense. It's very versatile. It's balanced. And then you got to teach – a key, too, is – and Chip Kelly does this really well. He's the one who started it, by the way. And yes. Scott Frost got it from – actually, Scott Frost got it from his days in Nebraska – because you're running the old school triple option, the receivers also have to block really well. Did he? Was he with so, Bill Callahan? Uh, and Nebraska, no, he's before Callahan. Remember, Callahan came way after. He was with Tom Osborne, man. Was he Scott, that far back? Yeah, he was like the mid '90s when they won the national championship. Well, that's right. He was before Eric Crouch. Now you remember? Yeah, he, you remember there was a gentleman who died. It was a. They used to they used to share quarterback responsibilities. For Nebraska. So he was between Tommy Frazier no, you remember, and you remember Eric the, Crouch. Well, you remember the – yeah. But you're, there was another guy who was really good. He could throw it. But he also ran the option. Oh, the guy that was killed? He was, yeah, he died in Bell- the plane. Brooke, uh, Brooke, Brooke Bellinger or something Yeah, like some of the like B. That. Remember yeah. him and Frost rotated. Right. That's right. And so, yeah, but Frost ultimately you know, was the one that led him to the national championship. But uh, they run – so what he does really well is he coaches up his receivers to co- block very well so they can work the perimeters, power football, speed. It's a very nice offense. And then the biggest thing is going to be defense. But you know what's cool about Frost? He has a defensive background too. You know at one time he was a defensive coordinator? All right, so you're thinking that he's going to take Nebraska and win a Big Ten championship. Yeah. Win, he's going to win beat it. an Ohio State or Michigan, a Michigan yeah. or a Michigan State oh, yeah. or Wisconsin. He's going to put them all in the wake. All right. Yes. We're in the yeah. Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, here's, here's, here's something I want to get to. Yeah, what's that? Our predictions, because at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, <laughs> they're going to announce the four teams yeah. in the ESPN playoff made for TV. Who will they be? We're going to tell you next. Woohoo!
Harbin and Papinga coming down the stretch for us. By the way, love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com, clicking the red kettle icon to donate, or call 833-SAL-JOIN. I want to thank the crew today. How about having Danny G here? I mean, that is... that's. Unbelievable. That was fantastic. Look at that. I mean, the Way man that makes Ben Maller show. Oh, yeah. How are you, Danny? What's Good Danny? Yeah, yeah. Ben Maller to be nobody. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing great. The Ben Maller mania was not exist. I want to hear that voice that I yeah. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, there he is right there. How do, how do you do it, man? You pulling an all-nighter and then coming up early in the morning today? What's going on? Well, it is Ben Maller's ugly sweater party tonight, mm. so I'm just going to stay awake for the next 72 hours. Look at you. <laughs> and, and just so you guys 72. know, I'm going to troll him with an ugly Clippers sweater tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the good thing is I, I get to, especially on Sunday nights, Danny, I get to hear you. I have a long drive back to San Diego. and so Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's 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 when I get to hear the whole thing all the way down. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Isaac today for doing all the updates. I low. Still not admitting that he loves his USC Trojans. His wife forbids that. <laughs> and then, of course, Robert, uh, who was very busy today, Robert. We had a lot of things going on today. Got that Nebraska story in, and he's uh, doing all the extra messaging and everything else. No one does a better job than Rob. So, uh, Way to be, Good Rob. stuff. So good stuff all there. All right. So uh, Oklahoma is leading 41-17 to over TCU in the Big 12 championship game yeah. with eight minutes to go. This they game enjoy is it right now. over. Which means we have one spot punched. Well, they better enjoy the four. I'll right? tell you this because any team they play, Big Ten, Pac twelve, right, even SEC, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is going to get destroyed. All right, so just, just so, book it. But okay? let's predict the other three spots because oh, yeah. they're all up for grabs right now. Obviously, later on we're going to have the Miami Clemson ACC championship game. The winner there will get in. You have the SEC championship game, Georgia Auburn. That team's going to get in. Then we have the Big Ten championship game where we think maybe. If Wisconsin wins, they're in, but not for sure. Maybe Ohio State gets in if they win, but not for sure because you got one loss, Alabama lurking. And then, of course, there's all those USC fans saying, what the hell's going on here? So (laughs) we know Oklahoma's in. What other three schools will be named tomorrow? What is your prediction at day's end? The other three schools that will be in the playoff. Well, Georgia's going to win. Georgia is going to be in. It's going to be very difficult for Auburn to knock off Georgia two times, especially right, so after Malzahn, you know, popping off at the end of the game saying we beat the dog beep All right. out of them. Miami so Clemson winner, you predict? I'm going to go with Miami on that. Going Miami oh, on yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I right, like so, Miami wow. a lot. All right, so then the Big Ten championship game, Ohio State-Wisconsin, who's going to win that? Wisconsin, Wisconsin. is going to win. Now, is Wisconsin going to get into the playoff undefeated? Yeah, they have, I mean, there's no choice but to put them in the playoff. So, I mean, the way I see it, you know, I mean, if I could choose, right, I, I'd have USC in there. Yes. And then I would, golly, it'd be tough. I'd have USC well, in there, Wisconsin. Let's throw all the records out right now. You have seen put, a lot I, of college I would football not put this Oklahoma year. In. Who are, forget records. Yeah. Who are the four best college football teams right now today? Independent of records, I would go with Miami, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia, Wisconsin, and USC. Those are the four best teams. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a believer in Oklahoma. 
They had a good game against Ohio State. Well, you you you're, 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 uh, uh, you you don't like the Big Twelve. You made well. The problem game. is, is uh, they don't play very good defense. No, they don't. And Oklahoma doesn't play. Well, they played decently today. Seventeen points for TCU. No, they're doing great. I mean, to hold a team under twenty-two points in college football right. is a win for the defense. Okay, uh, but I, I just I, look. I mean, they're not playing a team that's very balanced in TCU. They don't run the ball well. They don't have much right. power. And so, I mean, that's what you're going to see out of these, all these other teams. Oklahoma went into Ohio State and won commitsally. I can't. Okay, it was an anomaly. That, to me, isn't a trend. That, to me, is not who they are. To me, is they, they went in there, they caught Ohio State well, on a rough Maybe day. this year it is who they are. I mean, that, that's I, the game that I'm ultimately wins I'm Baker seeing. Mayfield the I'm Heisman Trophy. I'm telling you what I'm seeing right now. Right. This is not a balanced team. This is not a team that if you played a smash-mouth team. All right, so why would you say Wisconsin is better than Alabama. I just told you, Tim Tebow went on a tirade oh, Alabama, saying okay. that Alabama would wipe the floor with Wisconsin. Oh, I said the reverse. Wisconsin would run all over Alabama. Wisconsin would Alabama, Alabama. Jonathan I mean, Taylor would just be oh, cut loose. They are the most physical team in the country, right. offensively and defensively. Like what you saw against Auburn last week with Alabama, that would be a repeat performance of what would happen if they faced Wisconsin. And Wisconsin... They don't run this, you know, spread formation, and, and it's got a little bit more explosiveness to them. They literally beat you to a pulp. You look at them in the second half, they outscore their opponents like 256 to like 60. It's like not even close, and it's because by that time of the game, everybody's just beaten up, and then all of a sudden, that's where Wisconsin gets stronger. So, to me, Wisconsin is a by, more, by far more physical team, and they're good enough defensively in the skill position areas, too, to, to hold up against that kind of... Uh, you know, attack too. So I mean, they're just. They're right, just so you're going with Georgia, Miami, and Wisconsin all winning and getting into the playoff to yeah. join Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm going to go the Oklahoma polar opposite because this is a rigged game. <laughs> Auburn will win today. Clemson's going to win today. Ohio State's going to get a win, and they're going to skip Ohio State and put, put Alabama. Alabama in there. So, so when it's all said and done, they'll have the two SEC schools, Auburn and Alabama, uh, ACC champion Clemson. They'll be forced to throw in Oklahoma, but they'll at least have the Heisman you're Trophy the, winner. You're, you're predicting what they would say. Let's pretend you're the guy. Yes. Let's pretend you. It's it all. They're going to pass you all the candidates, and you're going to decide based off of what you've seen, right? All the numbers you've crunched. Who's your top four, regardless of what you anticipate? The committee of doing. Well, again, I would agree with you. I think USC is one of the top four teams in yeah. the country. I would say Auburn is one of the top four teams in the okay. country. They beat Georgia soundly, and they beat Alabama soundly. So I put Auburn on that list. I'm not so sure about Clemson. I'm, I mean, I'm, with I, you. I would, I'm not a believer in Clemson. I mean, I, I, I'll put it this way: I think Ohio State has more talent than Clemson. By the way. This second overtime here, 62-55 right now. Could they score 100? Do you think they... (laughs) At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.